All right, guys, listen up. Okay. We're going live to tape in five, four, three, two. Dante Cola Promotion presents the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast, starring El Gran Tommy Martinez and Mr. Adam Tate, executive producer Shay Big Bubba Martinez. And now, here's the greatest podcast, according to them, the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> welcome and welcome to the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast, Season 2, Episode Number Double Deuce. And that voice you heard is that of El Gran, Tommy Martinez. And that voice you just heard is that of my rock and roll brother and the humblest guy that I know on planet Earth, Mr. Adam Tate, what is going on, Adam? Tommy, I'm looking across the studio at you, and you look rested and refreshed, <laughs> revamped, revitalized. How was your vacation? Uh, no. What? <laughs> no. What do you mean? No. We, ha- we had all last week off I because need, you're recuperating. I need another vacation, or I need some time off. I don't know what it is I need. Oh. I just don't know, but no, no, no. I was, I was, I was uh, gone last week. It wasn't a uh, part of the schedule. Yeah. But you know, Adam, I just want to thank you right now. While we're podcasting, okay. While we're streaming, we're streaming. Yeah, I think that's what it is because we're not on the air. I think Jason, we're either potting or we're potting. That's are we, what are it we is? potting? We're, we're, not, pot- we're not. We're not live streaming because people we're aren't not, really yeah, listening to yeah, us live, live like yeah. right now. Even though it's what we're chambering this inside of a pod. Anybody who's listening to us on a Saturday morning at five o'clock in the morning when we record this mess, well, you know, thank you. Maybe your neighbor can hear. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. But no, Adam, I just want to say thanks, man, for picking up the slack last week. What did I do? You did an awesome job. Oh, I I, I sourced that material and uh, repackaged and put it out for Mm, for the masses. Is that that what I did? Your production skills are pretty impressive, dude. Really? You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I could have made those podcasters from low those many months ago do a better job. That was us at the beginning. That was us as like baby infants. That's what you said. You called us baby Baby podcasters. podcasters. Actually, I was surprised when I was coming back and I said, I had a notification. I said, what? Episode 21? Who's been? What the hell? (laughs) Who's who's been in there? (laughs) Who's been been in the archives? (laughs) This better not be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one. Shit. Well, the next week you take off, that'll be the one that <laughs> no, pops no. in there. I'm putting a lock on all the one of our there. One of our all-time classics. I'm going to put electronic locks on everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, what's next, man? Is it a parody episode or what? Oh. You know, I mean, yeah. we, we could do different things like that. I never thought about that. Good idea, man. Yeah, <laughs> Did I have Good that idea? idea? Was, you, was it me? Oh, well, you know, you never know what It wasn't me. <laughs> that was, that was, was a couple a weeks ago we had that <laughs> Yeah, good. No, excellent, man. I thought it was the really good. The parody episodes. Parody episodes or the commercial episodes or the endorsement episodes. Uh, uh, we may be able to be pulled out a few that Jay did let us play. Everything that <laughs> everything that Jay didn't want have Ooh, aired. That's a lot. We'll put it out there. <laughs> that's a lot in the past year. <laughs> we might not have to do a fresh episode for the next three weeks. Oh, my We'll just Lord. fill it up full of all that stuff. It was crazy. I said, I know I listened to it. I said, wow. 
man, we were just we're just as and, horrible back then and, as we are but now. All we had to talk about on that first episode was that one show that we went to. I know, we had no man. other content. We had no other news or any uh, uh, information about history. Anything. It was just straight. It was a it was, show review. It was the initial intent of what this podcast was going to entail. <laughs> yeah, the ch- <laughs> a, a lot of I haven't looked at the emails, but are probably a lot of people that are later on listeners are probably going. Now we get it. This is where they should have stayed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we wouldn't have had a podcast for the last twelve months. Absolutely not. No, it's crazy because this time last year, if I remember correctly, we were my family. And I were returning back from Puerto Rico. So we still had yet to do the actual recap podcast yes, of the Kiss of the show. Kiss show. I think this is when we did it. I'm not sure. That's right. Did we? Anyway, we were in the zone, more or less. Plus, I was going to head out to pick up Little Bub, I believe. No good. Yeah, I think so. And that's going to happen next week, by the way. Just want to let you know now. <laughs> oh, you got to get more recordings. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you see it as recording. I see you know, as, as my home. You're visiting me. What's wrong with you? You're, you want to put him to work. <laughs> we had, that's true. We had him do Rock and Roll Daycare. What else we had him do last year? We he had, sat in he sat in an episode. He sat in an episode. We did a couple of sod, but yeah, it's gonna be awesome. We will we'll put him to work. But no, Adam, honestly. And you know what? Last week was National Retro Week, man. Oh, so, so it, it yeah, fit right into just, the national week. Oh, so, of, you're, so you're gonna tell me it wasn't by design? Oh my gosh. <laughs> All the stars are perfectly aligned. It's like if somebody almost planned it. Actually, when I was listening to us and I was a widow saying to me, is that really Adam? I said, listen to his voice. And then I'm like, ah, I know what he did here. He went super retro. He even used the 1970s DJ voice. Oh, that was that was <laughs> music by Sweet. And so, yeah, so yeah, it was a yeah. sweet Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast sandwich. Where we had music oh, by Sweet. And then, oh, oh, it was very, very good. Oh, man, you did it. Anyway, uh, anyway, next time I'm out, dude. Uh, mm. Just FYI, let me know what you're doing. You know, let's let's make a plan. Just don't lay it oh. on me like that. Great job, by the way. Great, <laughs> great job. I loved it. Don't get me wrong. It was great. It was great. I loved it. Oh, good. I'm not good with surprises. So that's all. <laughs> Ooh, what's this, Adam? This is Mr. Stevie Ray Vaughan with Oreo Cookie Blues. Excellent. And good morning again, Adam Tate. Yes, good morning. Today is March the 6th, 2021, buddy. Yes, it is. Two months just blew by right now. Does it seem like it's going fast to you? I don't know. I really know. Time is time. But anyway, today is National Oreo Cookie Day, man. Right. A, uh, A commercial... Nabisco product, right? Gets its own day. It, yeah. What do they, they have to? Does Nabisco have to pay? Do they? Hey, I like like if you get a star on the on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, you have to pay to put your star in yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 true. So maybe if you get your national day, you have to pay for it. I think the way the national day calendar works, anybody can propose any kind of a national day. Okay. Do you think what you're saying is that the Nabisco conspire to make this their day? <laughs> well, they just put their number and, one product and, out there and said, hey, it's, we, it's our favorite, so maybe it'll be other people's favorite. It'll I be just, National Oreo I just, Day. I didn't look at it that way, man. Now, you, okay. How now did you, you look at it? Now you just want me to blow through this because we just gave a free commercial right now. But they free, made their own commercial. They made it National Oreo yeah, Day. That's true, man. I look this as... Oreo cookies are part of American culture, man. Uh, I guess who, so. Um, who would you know that doesn't know anything about Oreo cookies? I'm talking about, you know, conscious human beings living in America. Real actual people? Maybe from age four on up. 
maybe even three. Well, mostly it's it's the realm of children. Like the children are the ones that really take part mostly in the Oreo cookie. I think, right? That's a that's a that's a child's treat. I resent that. Cookie. I want to eat some Oreos. Oh, <laughs> is, it, is it one of your favorites as well? Yeah, dude. Really? But before we go into that, you know, okay. the Oreo sandwich cookie is made up of two chocolate discs containing a sweet cream filling and loved by millions, not only America, but all over the world. Right. Since its introduction, the Oreo cookie has become the best selling cookie in the U.S. How's that? Uh, that's excellent. My family was always partial to the Hydrox, oh, like wow. the generic version. Like it was like... 14 cents cheaper. So we're, so we're going to get the Hydrox. Why would you? <laughs> are you talking about the current Tate family or the previous? The Tate? previous family. Oh, oh okay. I was about to say. Because like, yeah. no. it was just Lisa's birthday last week. I hope you didn't give her a Hydrox. <laughs> a Hydrox cake. It's not an Oreo. It's not Oreo ice cream. It's Hydrox <laughs> cookie and cream ice cream. No. We, we who, made the the, who made the Hydrox? Whammo? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody that always wanted like a cheap knockoff. It's probably came from China somewhere. It's like it's like where you get the, uh, what is it, the Captain Crunches. Uh, you'll see the brand and you, you'll see some oh, kind of. those big fat yeah, bags. And it'll be Captain Oats or something. It's like, what the hell? It looks like him, but it's not really him. Same thing. So Hydrox, huh? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's crazy. So we can look at I that as like. I haven't, do they make those? I mean, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, I show up to the house with something like this, a Wilda hit me upside the head with that fucking bag. They have generic versions of everything. Yeah, but I mean, I haven't seen that Hydrox. I remember was it? I remember the Hydrox. And it wasn't even, it was in a lighter blue bag too, so it was also blue, but it wasn't a lighter blue. It tried blue. to mimic everything yeah, that an yeah. Oreo was <laughs> and like had like 83% of the flavor, you know, it wasn't quite the same. It'd give you a jab at the end, like, hey, wait a minute, this started like an Oreo, now it's turned into you'd, a... You'd instantly, when you put it in milk, it'd just instantly disintegrate yeah. or something and just end up at the bottom it of their melted, milk. It melted, it <laughs> melted. It was like Bos it was like Bosco chocolate syrup. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the name Oreo was first trademarked, excuse me, on March the 14th, 1912. Okay. What do you think about that? That's that's a long time ago. That's been a while. The first Oreo cookies in the U.S. sold for 25 cents a pound. And is that, they, is that and the they, same size that we get today? Is that a pound? Uh, or is I, that No, no, because this is how it was. It was a uh -huh. pound, and then they would pull them out of a clear glass top novelty cans. Like when they used to go to the soda oh, the, shoppy the, the or, candy the, or the store and you get the scoop, the scooper or, out. Or you would get them like at the pharmacy as well. Okay. All right. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not. Did, was, they, did they take the world by storm? Uh, let me see what it says here. In uh, 1912, the Oreo biscuit was renamed Oreo Sandwich. Hmm. So the first name was Oreo Biscuit. Okay. And then in 1948, the Oreo Sandwich was renamed Oreo Cream Sandwich. Okay. So it just keeps evolving. It's, it just gets a little bit more specific yeah, each then, time. Then a William A. Turnier developed the modern-day Oreo design in 1952 to include the Nabisco logo. Mm -hmm. So this is their... I would would this maybe be their flagship their flagship cookie? I would imagine. Oh yeah, this is definitely the top of the heap. Yeah, I bet Nabisco doesn't have another national day of for any of their other cookies. I would bet. Hmm. Is the Keebler Nabisco? Keebler? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm so st I could probably go into my into my pantry right now. There's some there's something that has I know there's ice cream that has with has some Oreos in it. 
Yeah. Which, by the way, you turned down the other day for my wife, just to let you know. That. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of the rare occasions where I'd actually I know, I know, I filled know. myself before What's I actually the, came oh to your house. God, you're, you're slipping. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, but check this out. So uh-huh. how do you eat your Oreo cookies? Do you do the thing that everybody does where you, you take the Oreo cream sandwich, okay. as, I, as I'm told yes, that it's called yes, now, yes. and do the little twist... It says, where you yeah. pull them apart and then you do the little the the lick the white thing and let lick the white stuff in the middle the, the cream the says, cream filling it says here twist them apart mm-hmm. eat the cream center yes and put them back together that's and the, then you dunk those that is the uh, first uh, method of going about eating them mm-hmm. and then the second one is twist them apart eat the cream and the cookie side first so when you take them apart whatever side be it the left or the right or the top or the bottom that side gets a slammed first that so, gets, so gets, that would suggest eaten first that the cream to cookie ratio is or the, the cookie to cream ratio is off like there's too much cookie like you have to take off half the cookie eat the one half and then that's a better savory delicious treat i guess if you apply science to it yeah but what about if you got a double stuff? You'd yeah. have more stuff than with that handle. Would you be able to handle I, I both cookies? I don't with like the double, double stuff. stuff. I'll be honest with you. I like I, the cream is good. It's not bad. It doesn't have a bad aftertaste like the Hydrox does, <laughs> <laughs> or the or the knockoffs, whatever you want to call them. Because <laughs> always the knockoffs. It doesn't matter what it is. It, there's always some kind of like weird aftertaste. Maybe like you know vinegar or something. I don't know what it is, but it's one of those weird aftertastes. But like the double stuff, sometimes I will they make some mistake. What? I just (laughs) stop recording. (laughs) We're gonna back that up. We're gonna have to back that up. (laughs) (laughs) No, but then she'll bring the double stuff. You know, she's in a hurry or something. Oh, and like, ooh, this is a lot of cream. You know, Uh and me and cream, you know, we don't get along. (laughs) I don't like eating cream. Is that true? Is that, is that the truth? That's very true. Okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'll take your word for that. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I got all over the place. Yeah, all over the place. Anyway, did you see that Mimi I said? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I did. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, uh, it's just too much. So what I'll do is, it's that when it's double stuff. When it's a double stuff, you could actually take out the cream and it doesn't come apart. You you go in there with your fingers yeah, and you yeah, just yeah. pull it out. Pull it out, boom! It comes right out. Oh, it's not as sticky as the smaller cream. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed that. That's, I'm an Oreo connoisseur. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I, I like the uh, actual the actual cookie itself. The cookie. There's something about that chocolatey cookie that's really delicious. Now these Oreos. But I, I haven't dunked in years. These Oreos I have have not have... dunked. Uh, I haven't dunked Oreos in a shit ton of years. Listen, man. I have. I'm trying to think. These Oreos have been purchased in my house relatively frequently over the past few years. You know, the kids like them. Whatever, and I'll and, grab and them. You don't, and you and don't. I never. I can't remember ever doing the twist, take apart, lick, all all that, the number one way that is described on your list of how we're supposed to eat them. So you I've just, never done that. You go for the chomp? I just dunk. Oh, I you dunk. dunk it, you dunk it, then I dunk, you chomp. I dunk that shit. <laughs> but we should, what we should do... For the days that we have, like like now, today, we should look to the Oreo cookie because we have perfect union there. We have the chocolatey outside mm-hmm. and we have the white cream inside. Right, it's like, right. it's a symbol for racial harmony. Say what? Oh, 
shit. You're huh? right. No way. And, and then you take, and then you dunk in the white, in the white milk as well. This is National Wait. Oreo Day and Racial Harmony and Day. We'll play, uh, we'll... I like to teach the world to sing. Sing with me. Right. It was that easy all along. Who would have thought? Well, you know. Thank you, Adam. Go Thank on. you, Adam and the Tommy and Adam Hearts and a podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcast Apps, and all the other DSPs. Would like. Wouldn't my relationship <laughs> with, with my neighbor be better if I went out there with a pack of Oreos and said, hey, I'm going to share with you I don't some know Oreos. About, I don't know about that. I, oh. I don't know about that. Okay. Uh, what if you're... <laughs> Oh, maybe what I could use like the vanilla cream one. What if, what, what if your neighbor was Latina? You go, hey, what you trying to say? Oh, I wouldn't go to that you one. Know, like, <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, no, no. Let's just keep that idea to ourselves. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Well, anyway, yeah, Adam, uh, National Oreo Cookie Day, man. So how do you think we uh, celebrate National Oreo Cookie Day? I'm sure Nabisco would like us to go to our local market. And buy a few packs of uh, their Oreo cookies, and then we we make a stack of them. We make a nice uh, photo uh, of them sitting next to a glass of milk, and then we say hashtag it with National Oreo Cookie Day. That's what I'm enjoy. Talking. You know how I'm gonna celebrate? peace, brother. You know, to... <laughs> you know how I'm gonna celebrate. <laughs> you know how I'm gonna celebrate. How's that? I'm gonna go out to my favorite ice cream shop, Baskin Robbins, Brahms. <laughs> Brahms. <laughs> okay. All right. And I'm gonna have a. I'm gonna have a mix today. I'm gonna have some chocolate mixed in with Oreo cookies. How's Hold that? on. Are you sure they're Oreo? They could be a knockoff brand. Can you verify? Tommy Martinez knows Oreo. Oh. By the, <laughs> by the taste, buddy. <laughs> Just FYI. You know your cream. Oh. It's also National Frozen Food Day, Adam, just in case you didn't know. Hey, that goes perfectly with your with your ice cream. <laughs> there you go. See? Wow. See how we brought those universes Jeez. together? It's like it's it was just, meant to be. It's just the best thing ever. <laughs> All right, I know what this is. Do you know what it is? What is it? This is a Queen of the Stone Age. It is. What's the song title? Burn the oh, Witch. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Burn the Witch. <laughs> I had it written down here. I couldn't find it. <laughs> you like the Queen of the Stone Age? I not only like them, I love them. <laughs> no wonder you picked the song. <laughs> Today in History brought to you by History.com. Yes. Today in 1692, Adam. 1692. 1692. Okay. It wasn't the Queens of the Stone Age, just to let you know. No. Was but it them? Who was it? There were some witches involved in 1692. Okay. In Salem Village. Oh, of course. <laughs> Salem witch trials are going on. <laughs> like in it. Massachusetts Bay Colony. Uh-huh. Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tituba. Huh? That's her name. <laughs> Tituba. Tituba, yeah. Wow. An enslaved woman from Barbados, mm. possibly under coercion, okay. confessed to the crime of the illegal practice of witchcraft. I'll kill them when I get my hands on them. 
Really? Mm-hmm. So if you were named Sarah back in the old days, you were probably a witch. We had two Sarahs right there. There was two Sarahs, yeah. Jeez, I didn't, I didn't even put that together. Yeah, but that... Did incur- they do the thing where they put them in a scale and they weighed the same as a duck? Like that, on... Like, <laughs> that's a Monty like Python. A Monty, Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing some comic, comic relief to this dreadful, right. this dreadful history story. Now, did they actually burn them at the stake? Oh, uh, this is... All their confessions, is they, they, they encourage the authority to seek out other witches, man, throughout Salem. Okay. So here's a little narrative. Trouble in the small Puritan community began a month before when nine-year-old Elizabeth Paris and 11-year-old Abigail Williams, Mm -hmm. the daughter and niece, respectively, of Reverend Samuel Paris, began experiencing fits and other mysterious maladies. A doctor concluded that the children were suffering from the effects of witchcraft. Get the fuck out of here. Oh. (laughs) Did they say, she turned me into a newt? No. (laughs) The doctor went, quack, quack, quack. (laughs) (laughs) This is crazy. So, yeah. So, you know, I used to think until not too long ago, I thought this was just some bullshit like uh, a fairy tale. I didn't know this. Oh, you didn't think it was an actual thing? I didn't know this actually had happened. Yeah. I think I found this out when I was in college. I said, holy shit, this really did happen. Well, I mean... It had been like a religious theory, like there were such a thing as like witches, you oh, yeah, know, that's the whole thing, people yeah. from the underworld doing the underworld's bidding, right? Yep. So you have yeah. to have evidence of it. If you're going to support the good side, you have to show evidence of bad side. Yeah. Too. So during the next few months, 150 women and men from Salem Village. Man and witch? Sur- and, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starving <laughs> and, now. <laughs> and surrounding areas of satanic practices, dude. Mm. We are to rebuke Satan. I execute judgment on you, mm. Satan. And to immediately hang up the phone. A biddy, 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 biddy. <laughs> Hail Satan. <laughs> Isn't that something? So some dudes were also, I guess those would be the warlocks. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, yeah, by June, the special court convened in uh, Salem under Chief Justice William Staunton to judge uh, the accused. And then all that stuff, he started the burning and oh. whatnot, and until somebody actually came to their senses and said, what the hell are you guys So there's 150 doing? people 100, total? That was, once these three were coerced into confession, <laughs> another 150 all of a sudden popped up. So they used them as sources and they just kept pointing out other people? I think that was a witch. Her too. Her, her nose is kind of pointy. <laughs> Anyway, in, uh, by October of 1692, Governor William Phipps of Massachusetts, some bullshit, <laughs> <laughs> and the execution ceased. I called to order the Superior Court of some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all in all, 19 were the only ones that was the total number of people executed for witchcraft. Only 19 yeah, only got 19. burnt up? Yeah, that was it. Oh, well, that's not that yeah, bad. From compared to... that I, yeah, let's throw the numbers that's... on that, but this is this is the podcast that doesn't do numbers. That's like 13%. That's yeah, not too bad. That's not too bad. <laughs> Ooh, I know who this is for sure. This is Shakira. Ooh, those hips don't lie. Te dejo Madrid. Sports history today. I saw the video of this song. Pretty good, isn't it? Oh my gosh, she's just uh, dancing with a bullfighter yeah, in the she ring. she was like what, like 20, 21 years old? I have no idea. Very super, super young. Yeah. yeah. She looks very fit. Super young. She's fit now. <laughs> well, I don't see no difference, to be honest with you. <laughs> Terejo Madrid is the name of that song. And Today in Sports History, Adam, is presented by Today in History and also on 
on this day in history okay. dot com slash sports. Okay. Nineteen oh two, Adam. Um ooh, what could have happened then? Sports history. Nineteen oh two. All right. Put them together. All right. The title of the song has what in it? Te Deho Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> is, the, is the name of the song. What's the first what's the Te first Deho. Uh, you're a Te Dejo. <laughs> Is it, yeah, I don't want to know what that is. Is it like a bull or something? Is it <laughs> no. a bullfighter? Or no, what is no, it? No, no, no. It sounds like pendejos. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Madrid. So Madrid, Spain. Bullfighting. Nineteen oh two. Nineteen oh two. Got it. Madrid, right? Uh-huh. The Madrid Football Club was founded by a group of fans in Madrid, Spain, okay. later known as Real Madrid. Real Madrid, where Cristiano Ronaldo played for many, many years. There you go. I was hoping you'd bring me up on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I read this and I, I just, the only thing that, that, that caught my attention on this was like, wow, that shit's been going on since 1902. I'm not a big soccer fan. Well, you know, I'm not a big a sports fan anyway, you know, to be following this kind of stuff. I just like the history behind it. I said, whoa, 1902. That makes it how old? 118, 119. 119 years old. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean, old as hell. So you actually follow this stuff, huh? I, I know that Cristiano Ronaldo played oh, there. Is, that, for, is he some? Is that the he's like he's like he's the like number the one guy. I don't think he's like the dreamy guy that is a billionaire or something like that. And Nearly, yeah, probably very close. Him and, he's, him and Lionel Messi go back and Messi, forth as like Messi, the, the Messi. biggest guys. And they, both, and they both played in that same. Spanish league. So one was in Barcelona, one was in Madrid. Oh, okay. So Messi is he Spaniard as well as he is Italian? No, Messi is uh, Brazilian, Italian. No, Portuguese? he's Argentinian. Oh, excuse me. And him. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is Portuguese. Oh, wow. So yes, I know a thing or two about a thing or two, but they're but he's not there anymore. <laughs> So I guess that's where they start their legacy of Real Madrid and everybody losing their minds. There's a bunch of other bullshit here, but I really don't oh, care. Oh, a lot of bullshit? Much. I don't really care too, too much about it. I just said, wow, Real Madrid. So Yeah, they're, they're big deal. What time is it? It's time for this. The real shit. <laughs> Oh, I needed that. Even though the Shakira wasn't that bad. Yeah, it, was, it was really good, actually. Yeah. We know you who know, this is. You know who this is. You can listen to this music and just know where this is coming from. Iron Maiden. Oh! With a song called Mother Russia. Oh, there they ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Today in rock history, Adam. Yes. Presented by history.com, todayandmusic.com, and songfacts.com slash history, baby. Mm -hmm. Iron Maiden. What they do? Mother Russia. Okay. No, just trying to do that, you know. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're still doing a talk up. Yeah, I'm trying to talk up, yeah. I'm trying to work that. Let me step back. No, you're good. (laughs) Forget that nonsense. 1953, Adam. 1953, okay. March the 5th, 1953. Okay. America learns of Soviet dictator Joseph Stalin's death. Oh. When Air Force Sergeant, back then he was an Air Force Sergeant, mm-hmm. Johnny Cash. What? Intercepted a coded message from Russia. What? 
Cash, listen to this. this I'm listening. Cool. I'm listening. Cash enlisted in 1950 after he turned 18 and was assigned to the 12th Radio Squadron Mobile of the United States Air Force Security Service in Landsberg, West Germany. Wow. Where he proved in his skill as a Morse code operator. So he he himself picked up the signal that was that they first learned of Stalin's passing. He was the dude. What? Johnny Cash. Unbelievable. The man in black. When did this come out? The did man- he talk about it later on in an interview or something? I, or how did this work? I was reading it on SoundFacts. This was actually off of SoundFacts. And I said, whoa. I don't know. Johnny Cash was. I mean, this is a huge thing. How does I mean, this is this is something that you would think that pop music and pop culture itself would be out. You you would you would have thought this would have been on you know on Jeopardy. Remember that so, that show you almost got hired for. Right, that's right. That's right. <laughs> got passed over. It's all right. <laughs> that's pretty wild, isn't though. it? Isn't it? Like to be there at that moment in history, it's like a that's a big landmark thing. But this had to be like uh, that was a long time dictatorship right so i guess so yeah so once the dictator falls once the head falls and then you don't know what what's going to happen with the nation yeah who's cr- who's taken up well i think it was Khrushchev. nikita khrushchev yeah i think so yeah, yeah. well he was uh nikita khrushchev is the guy who uh slammed his boot on the but yeah that was the, <laughs> that was the, that was the dude <laughs> that's all i know yeah he had a loud boot <laughs> let's move on <laughs> what an idiot <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, Adam, at least the muse is good today. Woo! <laughs> I think our friends are going to be clamming for, uh, clamoring for more uh, past episodes. <laughs> Ooh. Tommy, of course, you know this is Led Zeppelin. Oh, yes, it is. With the immigrant song. Whoa. This is your department. Yeah, I know. That might have been a little bit too hot for you there. Oh it, it, it got turned up a little extra hot. <laughs> it was Zeppelin. You, you, you can't keep control your encyclopedic self. Especially the immigrant song. Yeah, Come on. That's a great song, man. I know. 1970, Adam. I'm going to get this date right. Got it. 20 February 1970. Okay. Led Zeppelin performed in Denmark as The Knobs. The Knobs. Ah, keep going. Keep going. Let me just shut up. That's a slang for uh, testicles, <laughs> right? That, that's uh, male uh, genitalia. What? That's that's what the knobs is uh, is referred to. I no mean, that, that's what it's yeah. That's what it. That's what they were called. Oh. And was this due to uh, the Baroness von Zeppelin's uh, disapproval of their imagery and their name and like their she she thought it was a uh, a tribute that they were called Led Zeppelin. Until she saw like the first album cover with the you know the fiery Hindenburg accident, and uh, I think she took umbrage with it or something. Is this is this true? Is this have anything to do with what you're talking about? Eva. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 The knobs. F- finally, <laughs> I would love to have. They got kicked in the knobs by her. <laughs> I would love to have passed by a little pub or something and said, "Hey, tonight only the knobs," and <laughs> well, been pro- so pleasantly surprised. Yeah, her name's actually Eva Van Zeppelin, a relative of the late air starship designer Ferdinand. Yes, Van Zeppelin. After she threatened to sue, is why they went ahead and performed as the under knobs. A, under another name. Yeah, so, yeah, the knobs. You know, the knobs. <laughs> we saw some knobs. I think on six January. <laughs> On TV, they were they were storming somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the knobs. I didn't know the knobs meant testicles. Yeah. Woohoo! Now this is a song right here, baby. This is Rush Working Man. 
That's you for the last two weeks, right? Woo! Working hard. Oh my God. And spring is almost here, dude. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be working hard I'm in gonna, the yard. And I'm going <laughs> to be singing this song. <laughs> Just on repeat. Woo-hoo! You know it, man. 1974. We talked about this the last uh, uh, podcast. What did we talk about? We talked about this is their first album, and then we talked about their second album, which was... Fly By Night. Fly By Night. Yeah, we did talk about that. Uh, March the 1st, 1974, man. Yes. Rush released their uh, eponymous. How do you you pronounce this word? Mm. Eponymous? Eponymous? Sounds perfect to me. Eponymous? (laughs) (laughs) I know it means it's their, their name is what it means. Okay. So their self debut titled uh, self titled <laughs> self titled debut album Rush <laughs> with drummer and creative catalyst uh, Neil Peart yet to join. Exactly. So this is their their uh, their first incarnation on uh, sprinklings of greatness already vinyl, though yes, with this vinyl, yes. blistering track right here. It's actually still the uh, album Working Man became a breakout song in the blue collar world and uh, especially in Cleveland, Ohio after winning. Uh, WMMS disc jockey Donna Halper's endorsement. Mm. So being Cleveland, uh, the birthplace of rock and roll, I guess they uh, kind of like uh, birthed the popularity of uh, Rush. Here I guess States. you could say so. I didn't know. I that. didn't know that story, but I know that it remained one of their classic concert uh, moments. Oh yeah. It closed a lot of shows. I think that was like the last song that they did on a couple of concerts that I'd seen them in. So. But with Working Man, you have... Okay, let me go back into my rush mode here. I don't want to go like I okay. did. I don't want to do like I did in the... Uh, yeah. yeah, let me not look at that picture <laughs> because it might give me inspiration. There's there's parts of this song that even though Neil Peart wasn't at the time, you're right, you could still see some of that rush building. And so yeah. it's uh, Alex Lifeson and, uh, and Geedy Lee. Geedy Lee. This uh, particular song has a lot of ups and downs. Sure, but it still marches you through the entire thing. So when you when you do the you know the verse, the chorus, the mm-hmm. chorus kicks you back in. Seems to me I can live my life. Bam, bam, bam. It gets you right back into the song. But almost I want to say three quarters way, they go into solos. Sure. It, you, are, are you following? me? I'm following you. And then when Alex is, is gonna come, so it's going. Almost, almost exactly. <laughs> almost exactly. But you know, we should, you could have brought it up now, so I won't have to be, you know, torturing <laughs> you our. You want uh, some help? So you know, because because it, it kind of like builds into it. So it's like. Yeah. You were close. You were in the zone. There we go. There we go. And you can hear the bass banging away. Uh huh. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it. And you're like, whoa. You know, it's just one of those things that it kind of drags you right through. So it's not like a, it's not like a boring solo. There's a combination going here. It's a bit of like a group jam. It's just, it's just a group of. jam, just trying to keep in the groove. But in a way... And layering, still... layering new pieces and techniques and things yes, throw over the top of it. but in a way, you can still see there's one featured person during the jam. Yeah, each one kind of takes center stage for a, for a moment. There you go. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. Thank you for your words. We're, we're highlighting this person's blistering guitar solos, and then we're going to highlight this person's bass work, and then... They're gonna be slapping the skins in the back. Not on the only drums. slapping the skins, you're you're ask, you're adding a lot of uh, uh, 
add-ins, a lot of uh, you know beats, mm-hmm. and still maintains that same rhythm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, so I just love it. I, don't know. I know you do it's so much. <laughs> we can go on, gonna, for, go gonna, on forever over one song. Go on one oh my god! Song, Jesus, <laughs> move on. Let's move on to the next. Oh, we had to come down eventually. <laughs> Adam. This must be one of your favorites, isn't it? Actually, believe it or not, I like this song. I like this album. Is this the group with Belinda Carlisle? Yeah, or something? yeah, yeah. The Go-Go's, yeah. Yep. It is ine- inevitable, Adam. I had an appreciation for Belinda Carlisle it's, for some uh, reason. Yeah, yeah. I like that whole group. It's pretty cool. I don't know anybody else in the group. Uh, Jane somebody. Well, I got their names here around here somewhere anyway. Anyway, uh, Beauty and the Beat, Adam. March the 6th. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1982. Beauty and the Beat. That's right. Hits number one in America. Is that an album? Yep, it is. <laughs> okay. It is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, did I say album? <laughs> I, I, I wasn't actually sure. For I, was just, I was just thinking about the beauty why, of Belinda Carlisle. Why is Why is it we don't give like the importance to this to, to the crappy stories? <laughs> I mean, there's some things that I just can't trouble myself with. <laughs> but you know, historically, they were the first uh, all-girl band with a number one album. Is that right? Jane Wilden okay. says the band was initially unenthusiastic about doing the video, which that was kind of like what it gave them that popularity because it was MTV was kicking in. Yeah, you could see their and they see, were see the beautiful face. Yeah, they were driving. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> that were. Does that helps. Yeah, exactly. But then they did it, and here's a cool fact about that: uh, Ian Copeland, uh, Stuart Copeland from the police, the drummer from the police. His yeah. brother was also the manager of the Go Go's. Okay. And they made the Our Lips Are Sealed video with what's ever left over from the police's video budget. Really? <laughs> I, I'm like, what? The leftovers? There you, you go. got leftovers? Yeah, the leftovers for the chicks. There you, there there's you so right many there. bands that just wouldn't have any leftovers. Like, we're going to blow the budget on this video. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Supremes had become the, the first girl group to top the chart. Okay. Now, so, does that include like um, and they're, and they're, Motown stuff? And yeah, yeah. Like because where they were Ronettes the, and things so like the yeah, Supremes. They, they were the first girl group, right, to top the charts. But the Supremes didn't play their own instruments. That's the difference. Oh, okay. So yeah. Okay. And so they had they had boys playing instruments in the back. So mm-hmm. that that disqualifies. Them. I would imagine so. so <laughs> I got so it. So that's enough go go's for tonight. I got dude. it. <laughs> we're gonna go to what we. Maybe know something, but I this don't. This is the know. shit we love right here. <laughs> <laughs> and who may this be? Spinal Tap! <laughs> tonight I'm gonna rock you tonight. <laughs> In case you didn't know when, it's tonight. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Adam. Yes. March the 2nd, 1984, buddy. Okay, 84. 1984. I got rockets. <laughs> I love that movie. Anyway, this is Spinal Tap Adam. Yes. Was released in theaters chronicling the hapless heavy metal band <laughs> with exploding drummers and an amp that goes to 11. <laughs> wow. The classic of all classic rock parody. My God. Movies. The straddles genre. 37 years ago. It's like it's like half musical, half parody movie. It's like airplane with music. It's it's just great on all levels. <laughs> Thirty-seven years ago, <laughs> God, it leaves some in laughter and some in tears. Even Ozzy Osbourne, like, what the fuck was this? 
<laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> he was probably saying that a lot all, all the time anyway. <laughs> Director Rod Briner, best known as Meathead uh-huh. uh, from uh, All in the Family. All in the Family, yeah. And he was the one who wrote it, directed it, and whatnot anyway. And he was able to uh, put this insane thing together. Where did know? the songwriting come from? Where Did he hire that out? Was that, uh, did he hire musicians to actually put the songs together? Do we have any idea? No, really, what it says here is, you know, these guys were already extremely talented guys. You know, and Michael McKean, we know him. He's been He's, He was Lenny and La- yeah, La- Laverne and Shirley. Plus, he was, he was also a writer, comedian, stand-up, you name it, he had done it. Harry Shear, you know him from The Simpsons. Simpsons, yep. many voices so, on yeah, Simpsons. Many sure. voices. And these guys, you know, did collaborate in some of these. How well their uh, their musical chops, I, I know for a fact uh, Michael McKean is pretty good. I'm not too uh, aware about how Christopher Guess and Harry Shear does not play his own, you know, triple-necked bass or... <laughs> <laughs> whatever that was now did he play a real one i don't know man anyway the misunderstanding of this if this was true or not because they were so realistic that some people kind of actually believed that that Spider it was a real documentary a real yeah <laughs> isn't that crazy i love it because i am be honest with you i saw it i said wait a minute this is the guy from this is the guy from all in the did family did you think that, the, that they were that stupid though that they were just that absent-minded know, totally man. lost you know, there's people today on social media that it's right in their face and they still fall for shit they get caught in the bowels yeah. of, a, of an arena. And I, so, I can't. I can't find the stage. <laughs> and they're just going around and around, <laughs> and around, around in and circles. Around. It's like, oh man. And they made total a funnel was going on. Anyway, the misunderstanding again may have hurt sales and the delay the uh, the film's eventual cult status because it is a true cult status movie. If you're into heavy metal, you're into rock and roll itself. If you're into all the uh, the cliches, mm, everything yeah, you know, this was this was Steel Panther before Steel Panther. Yeah, on a on a different level. Yeah, yeah. on on. The the whole fictitious... Uh, the mini Stonehenge thing. Yes, that's... <laughs> thing that came down. Was so yeah, small. that was... That's all our budget could handle. <laughs> and, and the way it was filmed, you would think it's going to come down as this little thing. <laughs> it was, then he was locked in the pod and he couldn't get yeah, out of the Yeah, yeah. He's trying to kick himself out. Top. Yeah. And then the groupies and... They couldn't get their stage theatrics right at all. Yeah, Dre- I did not see... Uh, what was their name? Uh, uh, what's Fran the, Drescher. Fran Drescher. The nanny. When I saw the nanny, he said, Hey, that's the girl from Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a great movie, you know. It was, it was the whole controversy over uh, the album cover of, like, Fits Like a Glove. What I forgot what it was called. Uh, oh, Smell the Glove. <laughs> <laughs> If anybody likes listening to actually this podcast for some reason, if you like listening to this, then watching that movie, yes. you'd love it. And you totally get it. Yeah. You know, even even young people, to get this movie, all you would have to really know is how over the top and insane rock and roll was in the late 70s, early 80s. Bam. This was released in 1984. So nobody really knew that still metal and hard rock hadn't even peaked at that point. Because then the L.A. scene explodes. You know, these guys even got into a feud with Metallica, you know, which was, I don't know how much if it was staged or not. Anyway, uh, there will be years and years of songs and public appearances, as well as feud culminating with a tense public showdown with Metallica, who clearly stole the all-black the album black color album. from, yeah, from <laughs> Tab Smell the Glove. So go figure. Yeah, go like Adam said, you know, go check it out. Woo, Adam. Excuse me, I have whiplash going from Spinal Tap straight into Madonna's Like a Prayer. <laughs> well, the reason this one comes up today, yes, you're right, and that is Madonna's oh, Like a wow. Prayer. <laughs> this, is a, this was a really uh, big, big moment in this 
in this time in history, man, in rock history. Uh-huh. Believe it or not, this is, uh-huh. this is a big moment. A big moment. <laughs> and then, and then a big moment's big, calling. Big, big moment's being interrupted <laughs> by a phone call. <laughs> Thank God we're never professional. <laughs> hey, turn off the damn phone. <laughs> I can see Jay rolling his eyes right now through his ear. Anyway, yeah, March the 3rd, 1989, man. The day after the song debuts, this song we're listening to right now, in a two-minute Pepsi commercial, the video for Madonna's Like a Prayer hits MTV and caused a mega uproar. Instead of innocent scenes from the ad, Madonna is seen witnessing a crime, kissing a black man. Oh, the horror, Adam. Mm. And dancing in front of a burning cross. Burning crosses, yes. Yeah. Pepsi, that. who touted Madonna's edgy and uh, contemporary appeal when they signed her up for the five million endorsement deal, is threatened with a boycott and cuts bait, dropping their association with Madonna, but letting her keep the money, of course. Hmm. Good for her. So it was like immediately there was an outrage and yeah. then they severed ties. Yeah. And they said, we'll just I pay rem- you off. I remember go when away. this damn thing came out. I was like, wow, this is a lot of bullshit over this. I mean, who cares? You know, Apparently, a lot of people. I think the Pope was, had some commentary of the Vatican. I can't remember the whole thing. Well, the burning crosses can't, can't be too good, right? Yeah, of course not. But, you know, <laughs> but she was making the Madonna statement, so it is. Yeah, that's what, Madonna, that's what Madonna that, does. She's a shocker. That's so you know this is why I brought this up today. <laughs> FYI. Understood. She made five million bucks. Now we're better. <laughs> it's Nirvana come as you are. Okay. 1994. Okay. We jumped up five years, all right? Five? March the 1st. Got it. 1994. Madonna play... Uh, excuse me. Madonna. Excuse me, gods of rock. Nirvana. <laughs> played their final ever concert when they appeared at the Terminal Inks in... Uh, Inks, excuse me, in Munich, Germany. The 3,000 capacity venue was a small airport hangar. The power went off... During the show, so they played an impromptu acoustic set, including a version of the Cars, My, mm. my Best my Friend's, best friend's girl, yes, girl. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So today was the last time those three got together and played live in front of a crowd, man. That's pretty wild. Yep. On March 4th here, it says, yeah, just a few days later, Kurt Cobain of Nirvana spent 20 hours in a coma after overdosing mm-hmm. on uh, a prescription sedative and champagne. Mm. I didn't know so, that. Yeah. So did he have a stint in rehab or something? I don't think so. Or recovery or of some sort? I think I think if I remember the the story correctly, I'm not 100% sure. I may have read it in uh David Grohl's book. Hmm. Okay. Sounds plausible. So, he was around. He was available. So I can't remember, but he was there. They she flew out to Germany mm-hmm. and he either escaped. It was this whole thing. So I don't know. I mean, I can't remember the whole story, but yeah. But I, I don't know. He was uh, already doing the flaky stuff. A lot of chaos. There's too much going on for this guy. You know, he died, what? Uh, well, you said this was 94. April. Yeah, he died in April, I believe. So yeah, he killed yeah. himself. He didn't die. He killed himself. So yeah. Yes, he did. So this is what happened. A little bit of turmoil before all that going. Nobody was able to uh, pick up the uh, the signs of what was going on. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of sad. You know? It's a tortured soul, that's I horrible, guess. Man. So, Something. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Kirk Cobain. All right. More Dave Grohl. Yeah. We won't be hurting. No. He's all right. We've made up for Madonna already. <laughs> and this is really good news, Adam. Okay. What do you got? March the 3rd, 1995. Okay. Almost a year a later. A year later. 
the Foo Fighters made their live debut during a benefit show at the Satyrion in Portland, Oregon, dude. Wow, that was a pretty fast turnaround, isn't, isn't it? that? Yeah. I guess he'd had, according to the story, he'd had like these, uh, you know, uh, raw tracks or something that he'd actually played a few for Kurt to see what he thought about them. And I guess he gave some, you know, half-hearted approval that was all, or something. That was also in his book, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he actually heard what uh, the direction that uh, Dave Grohl was ultimately going to be going into before he'd passed. Yep, yep. The maybe, maybe he thought, oh, it sounds good enough. You don't even need me around anymore. Before they made their live debut, they made a band test live public debut a couple of weeks earlier at the Jambolaya Club in Arcata, California, followed by an official band debut performance in Portland. And then they went on to do some more there. And after that, shortly afterward, Foo Fighters undertook their first major tour in spring of 1995, opening for Mike Watt. Mike who? Mike Watt. Mike Watt? Exactly. Watt as in wattage. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) The band's first single, this is a call, we just heard that, was released in June of 1995. And its debut album, The Foo Fighters, was released the next month. That's the one with the little... with With the little ray gun. With the ray gun, yeah. Yeah, that's what you fight with the foo with. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah. with, with that ray gun yeah exactly and he was he was like i thought this was a big joke i would have picked a better name for the band instead of this stupid ass name that <laughs> you know dave Grohl was the best you know what i'm saying i know so uh, how many times have we spoken about dave Grohl and every week i think i don't think there's a week that's gone by there that we haven't brought him up there isn't a damn week we because he's either. he's always ever present and in the news he's always doing something they making were, something they happen. were on the news this week too Oh, really? What do they do now? Actually, the week, uh, no, the week I was gone. Okay. Good news, I hope. Oh, yeah. Playing. Oh, well, that's good. They're playing and they're doing the other promos for that new record they're doing. So hopefully. Medicine at Midnight. So hopefully you and I will be going soon to some kind of a show that has to do something with the foos. I hear we could go to Texas and they've opened it up to whatever you want to do in Texas. I think, uh, what was it? We're going to be a year here pretty soon after this COVID mess is going to be about our one year anniversary here in Wichita. Mm-hmm. It's like the 18th or something. It's a little bit before my birthday. I know that. Okay. So let me see. We were scheduled to go and see the foods. Was that in April? I believe it was April. April? And then it was rescheduled to it... a September, mm-hmm. I believe. And then that got obliterated. Yeah. Live shows, so... man. But I could, I could Hopefully smell they it. just pick up whatever schedule they had and they just press it into the next year and just say, okay, I... let's just do that for this year. There's something inside of me that I, I could smell them. I could sense them. They're coming at them. Oh, really? um, I think so, yeah. Okay. I really do. All right. It is. I'm waiting uh, for the announcement. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Here it comes. One, two, three, this weekend. Oh, yeah. Kiss. You know, Adam, we couldn't get away from it. There it is. <laughs> That's the story. <laughs> <laughs> Psycho Circus, baby. You said earlier, this is your song. Oh, my. <laughs> well, let me see on this list. I'm going to tell you right now. This is my song. Uh-huh. This is a call is also my song. Oh, that, that fits into your song, too? Come As You Are is my song. Oh, is it? Uh, like a Prayer, not, not so much. Our lips are sealed? <laughs> not so much either. <laughs> Tadejo Madrid. <laughs> you know what? I like that song. Okay. <laughs> and probably there's a few more after this one that are probably my oh, song. I bet there probably is. <laughs> Psycho Circus, baby. Kiss. Mm-hmm. All right. 1996, this week in Kiss Rihanna. Okay. What's happening? The four original members of Kiss, who are 
Paul Stanley. Yes. Ace Frehley. Yes. Peter Chris and Gene Simmons. That's the make a, make a surprise appearance at the 38th annual Grammy Awards in L.A. So were they not uh, together before this appearance? They were totally uh, separated and had been so for years and years. Uh, Ace Fraley and uh, Peter Chris and Peter Chris had been yeah they were right. severed separated right but, yeah so they were welcomed back into the fold secretly and they had just made an appearance yes oh. and the crowd went crazy oh what were the wow. chances incredible the band, the band presented the best pop performance with the late Tupac Shakur really mm-hmm. that's right. Were they dressed like uh, regular human beings, or no, were they, uh, they in were, full regalia? They were in full kiss battle rattle. Yeah. When rap superstar Tupac came out dressed in a suit by Versace, oh, and the medallion fancy. around his neck for the Suge Knight Run Death Row Records at this Grammy Awards, no one knew what was up his sleeve when they started you with. Let me get this right. Okay. You all down with this? We're gonna try to li- liven it up, is what he said. Uh-huh. You know how Grammys used to be. All straight-looking folks with suits. Everybody looking tired. No surprises. We tired of that, he continued. We need something different. Something new. We need to shock people. So let's shock them. Something new, huh? I walked. <laughs> I walked. <laughs> the four generals of the of the Kiss Army. <laughs> wow, anyway, he gave him like a rousing introduction then. He did, man. He was he had, There was a bunch of publicity photos of it still online. And just I bet he it. thought he was going to be the best well-dressed person in his Versace suit, and then all these guys come up there and just upstage him. No, no, he just said, no, no, he said, here's another quote. I don't have a Gene Simmons or a Paul Stanley quote this week. I have one from uh, Tupac. He says, now these, my homeboys. What's up, my homies? (laughs) Wow. I didn't know. I've seen just about everything now. Did their next record come Tupac out on? Said, yeah. uh, what, what, what's the? What's I the hope album? I hope I did Tupac some justice there. I don't. I'm not the voice guy. That's you. No, that's pretty good. <laughs> so yeah, it's as good as I can do. Now, definitely. But that's this week in Kiss history, baby. Excellent. Oh, we we got the right one. We got the right one on this one, Adam. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this yeah, is the yeah. Rock Wilder. <laughs> Method Man and the Red Man. Bring it up, bring it up. Supreme neck protector. Better want him, kid, Mr. Mellon. I want to do the, uh, the Beavis and Butthead dance. Too many want to be hard, be easy. It's all in the cover going on. I think ever it don't take much to please me. If you know anything about rap music, you would know that that's voices of Method Man. Okay. From Wu Tang. Oh, okay. His partner on this song is the Red Man. The Red Man. You know, they've done comedy together. And oh, really? Comedy movies. Yeah, yeah, man. I didn't, I didn't know that. What is their comedy you movie? You need to get hip. What's wrong with you? Uh, you said if you know anything about hip-hop music and I... <laughs> and you're trying to give Oreos to and people. I was hiding. <laughs> How you gonna do that? <laughs> you get your ass kicked out there. You need to get cooled up. What's wrong with I'm you? I'm gonna get my ass kicked for trying yeah, to offer yeah, somebody an Oreo? You know, you just, I'm just trying to protect you. That's all, all right. Good. Can't be around you all the time. <laughs> 2001, Adam. March the 6th, uh, uh, 2001. All right. MTV Cribs. Remember that show? Yeah, where they'd go through the star's house, and they'd go into the bedroom, and they'd say, this is where the magic happens. Yes, <laughs> almost every single one of them says that, right? Right. They visit Redman's two-bedroom pad in Staten Island. <laughs> 
two-bedroom New York. Little apartment? Unlike the show's usual ostentatious fare, the rapper's modest crib is a testament to keeping it real. <laughs> you never saw that one? No. The highlights are his uh the highlights are his makeshift doorbell, which you have to kind of put the two oh. wires together so it'll ring. Wow. <laughs> and a freezer fush uh, a freezer full of, of Gorton's fish and his cousin conked out on his living room floor. <laughs> <laughs> now that had to be staged. That wasn't real. That's not where he really resided. I don't know. I don't know. It, it says the story says here that he's t- he still has that apartment to this day. Oh, I'm sure he's owner of it, but uh, what, I mean, I just I don't know what to tell okay. you. Man. Okay, I'm, I mean, I just go with you know what the story says. I can't you know I can't, I can't go nothing. Whoa, Adam, here we go. Hey, yeah, but that's how it goes. I still can't get the music right. Millions of people. Yeah, like it. Live an asshole. We were talking about MTV, Adam. Let's talk about one of their big hits. That's what we're talking about. This one right here. 2002, Adam. February the 5th, 2002. Okay. MTV launched its new reality television show, Mm -hmm. The Osbournes. That was 19 years ago, bro. Now, speaking of things like Spinal Tap, this, this show, The Osbournes, was like a parody. It was just comedic stuff after comedic gesture. It was always making fun of Ozzy. Ozzy falling over, Ozzy being confused. Shut! It was just a, a comedy of errors. Was it one of your favorite things to watch? I watched it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, I watched it, it like an idiot. It was fun to watch because they, they put themselves in weird predicaments and things. Well, later on, it And came. you got to see Ozzy as just <laughs> like a wandering buffoon. Well, there's a, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it ran for four seasons, has 52 episodes. And, you know, just like you said, uh, you know, it had all this, uh, I don't know, it was, a lot of, it was funny. You know, it had... Ozzy picking up dog duty and, you know, all high or whatever, and everybody was cussing and whatnot. So it was kind of weird. You know, it wasn't the, uh, it was like, I think, a spoof on Ozzy and, and what is it, Harriet and Ozzy or Ozzy and Harriet? Ozzy and Harriet was yeah. an old-timey show, yeah. I think. Yeah, that was kind of, it was like a spoof on that. Okay. But yeah, I mean, but you just said that uh, a lot of it was staged, you know, according oh, to. Definitely. You know, I mean, you, you didn't have to be any kind of a genius to figure that one out. So yeah, it was one of those things. But yeah, 19 years ago, man, the, Oz, the Osborne debut. That's 19, nuts, that's man. a long time. That is a freaking super long time ago. Woo! I still say this sucks. This show still has some good music. Is this your song? This one? Yeah, I just jumped to my song again. <laughs> Obviously, this is ACDC with rock and roll. You know Ain't it. noise pollution. All right, Adam. Do your thing. <laughs> let, let me stand back. March the 6th, 2008, Adam. 2008? Yes, sir. All right. UK charity warned that 9 out of 10 young people had experienced the first signs of hearing damage after listening to loud music. 9 out of 10? That's right. That's what it says here. The RNID said more should wear earplugs to protect their hearing without spoiling their appreciation for music. Hmm. 2008, we still weren't full blast uh, ear earbuds left and right. What do you think now? What do you think what the, what do you think we're going with that now? Well, you know, when we go, when we've been to shows more recently, we'll we'll still see people with like the little, not near buds, but like the little things, yeah, little phone, little phone things that they put in their ear. Yeah, earplugs. Ear yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll see people with that, and 
even if like there's a young person there, they'll have like the full headphone thing oh, yeah, over the, their head. The parents are more conscientious about sure. that. Sure. You know, there's their kid. It's know? more prevalent than it's ever been before. I mean, the only one that I remember wearing plugs to uh, that I can remember was uh, Anvil. You remember the only time I used to only enjoy the show if I could still feel my ears ringing. Afterwards? Like the morning after. Like, yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> like that. That was like, oh man, that yeah, was a really yeah, good show. Yeah, I still yeah, can't yeah, really yeah. hear just right. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> That's what I used to go for all the time. Like, yeah. I, I want. I want to feel maximum. I love uh, Bass. You're right. Yeah, everything yeah, yeah, into yeah. my ear. I, I don't agree, want to miss I agree, anything. I agree. You know, <laughs> I'd be. I'd be hoarse. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'd be. You'd be messed up for the next and, day. And I could hear. And I could hear Wilda from the distance. You know what I'm saying? But oh, I can't hear you. But it's kind of no. You'd hear. But it was kind of garbled, <laughs> like it wasn't totally clear. Like, I don't think I'm quite what, right yet. What show did I go to with you that I woke up like at two in the afternoon? Boy, was I in trouble that day! <laughs> oh, you woke up that late? I that late, yeah. That's probably when we drove out of town. Was it like a, after the Iron Maiden it show? Was, I think we came right, no, right back you know after what? that. It was the Guns N' Roses show up in Kansas City. Uh, I woke up like that the next day. Yeah, <laughs> and that was an outdoor show. Imagine if they put us inside for that one. And it says here, experts said prolonged exposure to noise over 85 decibels would harm hearing over time. Music played in concerts, bars, and clubs was often above that level. Damn so right. I don't know it's what often, to tell you. Man. Often above that. So, yeah, thank you, RNID. We're not listening. <laughs> Ooh, Adam. Uh-huh. March the 3rd, 2012, buddy. March the 3rd, 2012. Okay. Guitarist Ronnie Montrose. Of Montrose mm-hmm. died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Whoa! At the age of sixty-four. Uh oh. I didn't know he had died. What's that. what's the what's the history of this? Did he have an illness or something? He was messed up. It's fall on hard times. No, I mean it was really that wasn't that clear. Okay. So it was kind of like uh, maybe he had been cleaning and maybe he wasn't. You know, it just went off. Oh. Nobody really knows. Hmm. There's different versions of it I looked at, and I said, you know what? None of it was really... They don't really just go off by themselves, you know? Yeah, well, you know, you could be cleaning, and maybe you'd unload or something. I don't know. It could be anything. You know, there is accidental... Uh, there's uh, accidental... The accidental... Uh, what is it? Sure. Discharges. So, yeah. yeah. You know, rest in peace, Ronnie Montrose, because, you know, he's the man of rock candy, if you know what I mean. That's I know like, what you're That's an awesome song. Jesus. That's your song. <laughs> and he owes my song, too. Wait a minute. Let's find that one so we can play it. <laughs> It's that time to kick back in the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name podcast time machine. Open your mind and listen to the significant album. Who knows? You may even be delightfully wounded by one of Mr. Adam Tate's deep cuts. Listen up. It's about to get real heavy. Oh no! <laughs> the microphone's not that high. You can't stand up like that. Adam. Yeah. I promise you uh-huh. that I have been under control this entire show. Just in preparation. I've been struggling with this one for your chaos that's going to happen I, right now. I, I've been distracted. <laughs> just trying. No. 
I want to try to keep myself in some kind of Oh, a... you're still trying to contain? Yes, I heard I heard that playback on uh, Fly By Night, and I just oh, I sounded like a crazy man. <laughs> <laughs> and this one... <laughs> How are you going to control yourself now uh, with one of the all-time classic metal Adam, albums Adam, of all time? be quiet, be quiet. Release March the 3rd. 1986, Adam. That's right. It's achieved a sale of six over six million copies sold, man. Six million. That's right. Master of Puppets by Master of Puppets. Gosh, what a great album! This is a landmark album, right here. Master of Puppets. Let me get this reading shit out the way. You got reading shit? This is important stuff. All right, I want to hear this. Oh, Master of Puppets is the third studio album by American heavy metal band Metallica, released March the 3rd, 1986 by Elektra Records, Mm -hmm. recorded in Denmark at Sweet Silence Studios with producer Fleming Ramusen. Rasmussen. Rasmussen. That's cool. Yes. I was in the zone. Yep. I hate reading these names. I could I could talk about these guys, but the minute I try to read the damn name, anyway, it doesn't matter. Got it. It was the band's last album to feature bassist Cliff Burton. Yep. Who died in a bus accident in Sweden on September the twenty seventh of that same year. Mm-hmm. Man. Master of Puppets. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what do we have to say about this one? I, I think would, you know this is what I have to say. I'm gonna okay. be, I'm gonna be, and then Let me know. Then hopefully you could take, Let me know. Over, take Hopefully you could take this segment over. Let me know because so, I'm gonna be a big mess here. I'm gonna be stuttering. I'm gonna be all this. Oh, oh, oh. battery. Battery. Oh, anyway. Yes. Okay, okay, so go ahead. Let me, let me shut up. Let me shut up. Breathe in. Breathe out. Matter of fact, stop that. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, stop. Gotta, stop battery. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. If if you're, stop it! Just stop oh, it! Stop. Just stop it! Stop oh it totally! God. Stop what it right hell? now! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! If you're listening, oh no, to the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name podcast on Spotify, words. Apple Podcast uh, app, mm-hmm. and your favorite DSPs like Castbox, Himalaya. And there you go, right there. <laughs> Just put this podcast on pause. Wait a minute! Hold up! Hold up! Hold on! Let me finish. Do they have to come back though? Yeah, let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. Put this podcast on hold. I object. Pause it. (laughs) Don't put it on hold. Just pause it. Okay. All right. And bring up Master of Puppets, the album in its entirety, then come back to the podcast. That's just a recommendation. Other than that, crank it back up, Adam. So they can know exactly what they're dealing with. Yes. I see. If you are a heavy metal fan. They could be fan, unawares. They could not know what what this album would, holds for them. I would hope not. That they could. And, and if they are aware, they need to revisit it. Yes, with regularity. <laughs> if you are a heavy metal fan and you know anything about Metallica, this mm-hmm. right here is what you want to have. This better be... In your record collection, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it or, should be. Yes, you know what it's called today on your uh, on your streaming service. Yes, <laughs> yeah. it's it's in your music app. It has to be there. I mean, here's the reason why: mm. you just don't have metal in your name to become Metallica. This is what makes Metallica mm. Metallica. Listen to Battery. Ooh, it's a, just a galloping. 
mm-hmm. juggernaut of emotion, music, and energy. And listen it's, to uh, that. You, you can feel the anger and vengeance and potential violence <laughs> that they're singing about, <laughs> actually, yes. in this song. A lot of a lot assault of, uh, and yes, a battery. Yes, yes, yes. Actually, the title refers to Battery Street in San Francisco. Act. Does it? Yeah, it was a street on which many of the clothes were Metallica first played. Uh, uh, so it's a tribute, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. to their origins. Yeah. Battery, and there's a part of the song that says, Batteries has found me. Shows that these early shows on Battery Street were important to them. Batteries where lunacy finds you. There you go, right there. Mm. Craziness. Okay. And you smash through the boundaries. Wow. So nice. when you listen to this, I, I you know when they uh, when they recorded SNM, mm-hmm. and they included Battery on there. Yeah. And you heard it in that symphonic uh, glory. Yeah, you're like, wow, this is even better than than you know you could imagine. You know, this is the original. Obviously, you kind of miss it because it starts off a very mellow, and you're not gonna imagine it's gonna be thrust in your face as it's done mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So, and usually a lot of the live versions that I can remember, the times that I see Metallica, they don't start it off with the acoustic and whatnot. They just go yeah, right, they kind of yeah. go right they into just go the right into the uh, the, the assault, the, the mayhem, right. You know, and then obviously you look down and there they are, the mosh pit, just like a whirlpool going off. It's yeah. insane. I know. Battery. Oh, my God. Master of Puppets, we had just heard that one, mm-hmm. right, you know. So I think when you think about Metallica's history, this album, I think if you're a real Metallica fan, this is their zenith. This is the top of the mountain. This is the fir- the original Four members who who have recorded all the albums, like they had previous members who were ousted before any recordings happened, right? Mm-hmm. So these are the original members, and this is before the highly commercialized Metallica, where they had just kept growing and kept growing and became. They were on covers of more popular magazines, not just Thrasher magazine or Hit Parader magazine. They were on. Uh, more popular, like uh, Rolling Stones and things like this. Right. So this is like, this could still be like your Metallica, hitting hitting their stride full on right here. This is this is the one that is genuine. This is them not seeking any uh, additional commercialism or anything. You can see things that they did before, they shortening songs and keeping things radio formatted to get more airplay. You didn't hear this on the radio. This was not radio airplay stuff no. when, it, when it came out. No. Never. This was all word of mouth type thing. That's how it got to its record sales. Yeah. I'll agree with everything you just said there, but but there's some history behind this record. Okay. Let me, history. Let me have history. Now, this record was recorded in, in I want to say, uh, Denmark. You did say Denmark. I did say, didn't I? Yeah. With Rasmussen. Yeah, with Rasmussen. You you would have thought I remembered me saying that, but I actually read it. Anyway, long story short is they did, and there was an interview with uh, uh, Rasmussen, right, that uh, that he went ahead and uh, lay out some secrets that had happened during the recordings of this this album. They were experimenting with different kinds of sounds and recording techniques, placing mics here and there, all throughout the studio that they were at, capturing different kind of uh, 
of uh, moods and uh, mm-hmm. notes and mixing, and there was uh, there was uh, 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 what do you call it? Synchronized timers going on and off during these recordings. So you know, and then they had you know a genius like this guy, you know, help being their engineer. So. So there was already that, uh, and not to spoil what you just said, but there was already that future, that vision looking towards the future of just not thrash metal Metallica. Oh, I'm sure. You know, they were sure. good because this, you know, when you have, and, and this is where I guess you could start saying that this is the start of the genius that is Metallica. But if listen, if listen, I, listen to this. Listen, this is crazy. The, the thing that should not be. This is also included on on SNM. It's insane. You know, this is the kind of music that you that you shit your pants. You're scared, <laughs> but you can't stop. But you can't stop listening to it. The, all of these tracks evoke a certain mood that evokes something of fear or danger or anger or violence. It evoke it evokes a feeling. But what oh. I was trying to say is that if you were a hardcore Metallica fan, you would see Master of Puppets as the band's zenith, as as their high point. If you are for, for what you want them to be, for the Metallica that you had grown to love, that is them. Yes, and and I agree with you on that. But I will tell you this: at the same time, if you don't like change, you could probably see that as your zenith. Okay. Because you'll not, you're going to have somebody who's going to argue with you and tell you it's the black know, album, the, the their self-titled album, yeah, sure, the black album. But you know, be, but at that time they're also using Bob Rock, and you know they're they're, they're they're again they're pushing their vision a little bit more. Sure. But you know, you come let's let's go back to Master Publish real quick, just just history wise. Go back and don't go back to the song. No, nope, I don't. It says Master Puppets is the band's most played song. So you want to know In how many? Concert, you mean? Yeah, you want you know yeah you want to know how many times that song has been played? Hopefully every time since it's been written. <laughs> <laughs> Take a crack at it. Uh, how many times has it been played? Played, yeah. Uh, Eleven hundred. Close. Sixteen seventy-three. Wow. One thousand six hundred seventy-three times live it's been performed. Oh, I assume it just goes to show you. I assume that's with like every concert that they've ever played since it's, since nineteen eighty-six. It's absolutely crazy. Anyway, it, so anyway, so the, the thing that should ever be is off of some novel uh, from 1939 by a guy called H.P. Lovecraft, where, uh, you know, he's they're actually uh, referring to this beast in the novel. And I hate pronouncing these names because I screw them up all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's the it's based on the uh, C-T-H-U-L-H-U. Like the Cthulhu. Cthulhu. So, all yeah. Right. So it's based on the Cthulhu, and this is the, the okay. you know, this is the thing that should not be. You know, it's there, it's tormenting, and it gives you that feel. A monster of yes, some sort. Of That's right. So Got yeah. it. So the next song on this album is Welcome Home Sanitarium, mm-hmm. dude. You mm-hmm. know, again, a sanitarium everybody knows is a mental institution, yep, right? Crazy people. You know, anyway, and it's and it's uh uh it's where you can leave. But at the is same time, is it about the time, wrongful confinement of someone in yeah, a sanitarium? It, yeah. So it's also, you know, the perspective of these inmates. So it gives you that I'm trapped in here. I can leave, but I won't. Mm, that's okay. what that's what that song, at least the genesis and or the purpose of that song was. And if you 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 know, you can relate to being trapped. So that's kind of like like a little bit of that. Okay. You know, and you will not leave, but you don't leave. So that's why you you're welcome there. You see how that all works I, out? I see. When you dig a little bit of the history of you, like, it makes the record even that more brutal. 
It's like, oh my God, how many times have I thrusted my devil's door, devil's horn salute up in the air at a Metallica show? Uh-huh. And now I know why. And now, and now, you, now you know the story behind. What God forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> Disposable Hero, dude. That's another song on this album. Doesn't get a lot of play. Still a great song. About soldiers. That's yes. right. Yeah. Thrown into the fray. Yeah. The lower ranking guys. That's just being right. used as cannon fodder. You're going back to uh. the front. <laughs> yeah, no. Your dumbass is going. Uh. <laughs> You and I were soldiers. We know how that feels. Just stack bodies. You're, you're a disposable hero. <laughs> That's exactly right. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Oof. It's another one. It's also off of a, a Fahrenheit 451, actually, is, uh, is okay. that one. So, you know, Metallica isn't just some dumbass. seeking inspiration yeah. from these former authors yeah. way back in art classic ins- works. Art inspiring art. The Life of Tommy Martinez. <laughs> oh, yes. Available on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Leopard Messiah, mm-hmm. another album. <sighs> Let me breathe it out again. Let me sit here a little Wait, bit. Of it. Relax. Oh. Uh. I think I still be listening to this today during the day. I don't know what a Wilda has for me today. I don't know what. It's a nice. It's a nice day, right? Yes, it's a beautiful so day. So you're going to be outside. Yes, you're going to be trimming trees. Yes, or you're I, did be... that la- I did that last oh, weekend. <laughs> now you know why the bear hibernates <laughs> <laughs> and dread spring. <laughs> At least this bear, his wife bear, has ideas. But today, uh-huh. I'm not going to have this blasting on a speaker. You're going to put on. Put on the headphones, the cans. I'm gonna put on the cans. Surround sound cans, and it's gonna be in. Listen, listen to this bass part. Listen to Cliff. Ooh. Uh oh, you're standing again. Power rock stance. Ah. Yeah. Just play a little bit. Do you know? You know how much work you're gonna be able to get done while you're listening to this? Oh, wait a minute. Let me, wait a minute. I may have to rethink this. <laughs> <laughs> or will I find the formula? <laughs> Ooh, Leopard Messiah, awesome song. Next song is the Orion, mm. which is there's not a lot of standout metal instrumentals. No. You're gonna get your Iron Maidens in there that is gonna kind of like stick an instrumental to a 17 minute song. Sure. You know, you hmm. you could get maybe, hmm. I don't know. Anyway, we're talking about it by this, but we're talking about Metallica. Mm-hmm. The Orion is one of these songs that mm. you could just crank it on, sit back, and meditate on it. You can get lost in this one. This yes. is like an eight-minute track or so. That's right. And it goes through like many different phases and sounds and themes. And Yes, and check this out. Excellent. Cliff Burton had cited Orion as one of his favorite Metallica songs, mm-hmm. along with Master Puppets. He had a big part in writing the song, along with the uh, Hetfield and Lars. Okay. And his performance on the track is regarded as one of the best in his career. Listen to this. Oh, it's a song that begs lyrics, Adam. But you know what? We're not going to give them to It's you. not corrupted by lyrics. No. You're just going to immerse yourself in the, yes, in the sonic it, sound of these but instruments. But it begs you. <laughs> it was played in his funeral uh, six months later in October. Pretty really? Sad. This yeah, is his funeral yeah, song? This is his funeral song, man. I mean, you could have a lot worse. You know there's <laughs> such thing as picking your song for your funeral ahead of time. You've probably already done that, haven't you? I have. 
on, on an upcoming episode, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll detail there, our yeah, playlist. Well, sure, and our you know, yeah, how to, how to figure out your will and all that stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I don't have nothing to give out, so I just got this this treasure that I have in. Oh here, yeah, so, yeah, everything in this room. Yes, bury me with uh, bury me with my kiss stuff. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, Damage Inc. is the last mm-hmm. uh, is the last song on this uh, on this record, man. You know, the tour was called the Damage Inc. Tour. As part of the puppets tour. Mm, okay. So yeah, then here comes some of that history that I told you about. Metallica incorporated a lot of different sounds into their Master of Puppets album mm-hmm. with lots of variation among the songs. So it's just not bang these out. Just don't bang out three chords and and just call it a day, right? Uh, Rashmussen says that uh, uh, we use six mics in each guitar, so we had a full stereo setup. And then they go into all the mechanics of how they were capturing all these songs, hmm. and yeah, the the so uh, they mic'd the room and they they played it through amps and they mic'd the room six six mics, six mics for each guitar. Yeah, so each guitar track. So by the time it was all done, there was up to twenty four tracks, sometimes hmm. played on double time, so it turns into forty eight tracks, and that's you know goes into Holy all this crap. into all. So you're able to catch the most minimum of sound. That's wild. And then hear it back. So you can imagine. So then you get this masterpiece. Amongst the masterpiece, you also get this album cover. Completely unforgettable. The minute you see these gazillion crosses. All these crosses laid out. Bam. Metallica. <laughs> master of puppets. Ooh, my lord. Ah. It's the marriage of everything that has come together so perfectly. What you're talking about, the album cover, so identifiable. And all of these techniques and these recording techniques that they put together to create this incredible sound. I had no idea that it had that many tracks involved in recording the whole, the whole during the whole process. Well, you can thank me later, but I'll tell you right now. I'm thanking you right now. You're, well, you're I'm welcome. Not gonna, I'm not going to thank you later. You're I'm welcome. Not, I'm not going to wait. You're welcome. All right. Master Puppets peaked at number 29 in the Billboard 200, received widespread acclaim from critics who praised this music. And political lyrics. A lot of those lyrics had to do with internal strife of them already being recognized as great musicians, as a great group, and the daggone, uh, what is it, the record companies putting pressure on and shit like that. So they were trying to find their middle ground as musicians, as fighting the man, but being along with the man. So, you know, that's why you had uh, Alice in Chains and all these other groups were broken hearted when uh, Metallica cut their hair and mm. you know started smoking Cubanos and you know in Guajavera yeah. shirts what happened to my Metallica yeah, what these guys to, are totally and changed there, and there's the decline right yeah, there. yeah. Right, exactly people have to evolve music has to evolve and finally Adam mm-hmm. in 2015 and I think this is what is probably the greatest homage to the Puppets record okay okay Master of Puppets became the first metal recording Get this right. The first metal recording to be selected by the Library of Congress, baby. Mm. For preservation in the National Recording Registry for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically aesthetically significant to our country. Wow. So what do you think about that? Placed into the Library of Congress. Metallica's master of puppets. Vital to the musical fabric of this nation. Damn, 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 damn. You know, we should... Uh, reti- That's not counting that. You have a lot of people that'll tell you mm-hmm. that uh, the uh, a lot of the songs out of the Black Album mm-hmm. are workout songs. 
Okay. I don't know. I mean, I guess you could say that. I've heard sure. that. You know, I'm not a workout beast anymore, but I used to uh, hang around some meatheads. Why, why would there be any Metallica song that really isn't me a workout song? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are some if you slower build, numbers or whatever. If, if you build a playlist, I think is what they wanted to say. Okay. But if you just play, like right now, if you just play, if you're working out and you just play this record right here. If you're just here, playing right now, <laughs> this little section of that's Damage Inc., that's you can't work out to this? Matter of fact, if you're unmotivated, you just think about Master Puppets, you're on your feet like that. You'd be laying on your bench press. You'd say, hey, throw a couple extra plates on there. I got I got some extra energy right yeah, now. I'm feeling from going up to 30 pounds to 32 pounds. <laughs> Those are, you're doing the one-pound plates? <laughs> and that, Adam, is our significant wow. album. Unbelievable. Metallica's Master of Puppets. You know, I don't I don't know if you want to come back next week uh, and have another significant just, album. It just it's, keeps growing and growing. It's just this pressure is on us. It's insane. <sighs> I don't know what to tell you, buddy. I don't know how you're gonna top that one. Born today, Adam. Roger Daltrey, buddy. Oh ho! 77 years old. 77. Born March. The first in 1944, man. He was part of that generation. <laughs> that generation. And he's still been singing about well, why, my Ro generation. Roger Dolce, one of the greatest voices of rock and roll, if you ask me. Yep. No very, doubt about it. Very distinctive. You know. You know when Pete Townsend goes and fucks up the songs and when he tries to sing them. <laughs> Where, where's Roger, damn it? I know. Now, how do you feel about The Who? Are you a big fan of theirs? Uh, or I have a bunch of their records, Yes. I'm not going to say I'm a huge uh, diehard, dying, you know, I'd go and kill a farmer, you know, end up in an endless argument on some they, on some uh, ultimate classic rock website. They haven't, yeah. they haven't really produced a lot of material since, like, the early 80s, I think, is when the last time they put out some, like, new material. When you're the who, you don't have to. I guess you don't. You can just continue to uh, tour on your laurels. And, right. you know, are you ready? No, no, <laughs> no I was going to say that... Uh, I heard an interview, and this is why, and I absolutely agreed with him, is that what makes a great rock band is a rock singer. It's that distinctive voice, even though the music for itself sometimes, you know, handles its its own business. You can sometimes yeah. determine it just from the tone and sound of the guitar or the drums or whatever. Yeah, Metallica but being the voice is Metallica being one of them. Yeah, but the voice is always signature we always say that here van halen you know you could figure that out you know sure the voice and this and i agreed with him 100 i i you know i see that i've always i've always argued that you know what makes a great you know you could have this insane this insane three musicians let's say it's just a basic uh bass uh guitar and a uh drum but you know you don't have a great singer uh, you'll be you'll be playing at the pub there down the street for a while but maybe they should just do some instrumentals for yeah. a while <laughs> until some new guy comes I, by i guess so yeah <laughs> also born today uh well born on this march the 2nd this guy right here mr john bon jovi turns 59 jbj yes right man somebody laid their hands on this guy this guy's super blessed yeah i know Super, 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 super blessed. He's a good singer. Great singer. Handsome guy. He's he's dreamy. He's an actor. Yes, he is. Front man for oh, a, yeah. a big selling band. One of the biggest. What, what the heck is wrong with this guy's life? There's absolutely nothing. Wrong, nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Happy birthday, Bon Jovi. Absolutely. You like Bon Jovi? Or you just go. Are you you feeling that? Man, how you say that? Man. I yeah, I don't care for him. You don't care much. I for mean, him? they're fine, but you know, they're not in my player. <laughs> They don't make. <laughs> they, have, they, don't, they, have, 
They haven't made the cut. They don't make it? They don't make the cut. Oh, God, Jesus. <laughs> it's anyway. <laughs> he likes. Big butt. Yeah. Whoa. I screw that up every I'm lo- single week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loading my Lord uh, of the G Strings app. You're going to need it, man. Hopefully, it won't break it either. I hope not. Okay. I thought we had the structure already applied to the app that we would be able to handle. I was on vacation last week, or a kind of a vacation, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Agent X3 was. Uh, you know, was he back me, on the job? He was sending me secret messages like the one that Johnny Cash decoded. <laughs> <laughs> My Lords of the G-String app was going left and right. I said, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we must have uh, this is a had, bounty. This, this has to be this you know, out of control. <laughs> okay, this must be a good one. Get ready. All right, I'm ready. It's ready? I'm getting ready to load it in here. R-O-C-I-O. Uh-huh. Morales, M O R A L E S. Modelo, like the beer, M O D E L O. Is she popping up, Adam? Mm-hmm. Are mm-hmm. her Instagram izzles working? I think so. Mm, what do you see? Does she have uh, over 1,500 posts? <laughs> Is that her? <laughs> you hit it right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I like her. I like her avatar. <laughs> That's very Miss Rocio Morales. There, Adam. Uh huh. Uh-huh. What do you think? What do you think? Okay. Um. Uh, she just... is a fashion model. It's right there on her uh, on her main page of her Instagram. You can't you can't go wrong with that. I mean, you immediately know what's going on. Holy immediately. Moly. I was saying to uh, Holy. <laughs> Oh I was, my God. I was, I was saying she has to, a particular uh, angle that she likes to be photographed at. Now, here's the. Do, yes, you, do, yes, you, re- do you realize yes, this yes, angle? Yes, Holy. Yes. It's difficult being more mature than your father. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Before Agent we, X3 we, we, has unearthed something uh, amazing. He, no wonder he was super undercover. <laughs> wow. Listen, and I was like thinking, like, okay, he went back to the, you know, to the Latino. You know, I mean, I, there's a reason you go back to the Latinas. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. <laughs> but yeah, uh, she has 1.3 million followers. And I was kind of like, look, listen to me, Agent X3. I thought we were going to go like for the mid-range or the one-quarter range, the ones that we're building up. She actually, she has 1.3 million and one. Already? Yeah. Our show is the best. I just added myself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> but you're right. She has 1,500 posts, and she follows 206. Man. Okay. I don't now, know why she would have to follow anybody. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I know. I, but Every, I, I, everybody should be following her. I would not mind following on those top three that she has there. <laughs> As yeah. a matter of fact, the first top four, I'd follow her anywhere. No. <laughs> I, she she could be like the Pied Piper. Yeah. And uh, any kind of music coming out of that, I'd be listening. To. <laughs> <laughs> it is that is really incredible. And I was looking through and like, wow, what the heck? And she said, she it, must be into fitness as well. Well, I mean, let's, let's, she, let's, she has a very uh, narrow waist. She's very fit looking. 
mm-hmm. legs yeah, yeah. legs look strong. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I if Does, she doesn't she has, miss a leg day, she can sit day. down with with the best of them. She oh, has the yeah, best yeah, yeah, cushions yeah. to sit upon that well, I've got, seen in a long time. <laughs> well, you got one point three million followers. I would guess that. Yeah, but you're right. Here she is, uh, underneath her fashion model uh, announcement. She's into publicity, so she can help you out with that. She does music videos. In other words, she's a music video vixen. Can you believe that? She has a manager, so she's legit. And here's where it gets. We're gonna look through. We're gonna look through a few of these. But I was wondering why Agent X three picked this particular super famous, super followed model. Okay. Now let's go through some of these real quick. Okay. Now she has strong legs. That's, that's sculpted abs. Yeah, I just beautiful skin tone. Yeah, look at that one, that fifth number five right there. You see her? Mm, hold on. Where she is in this yellow. I'm way past number five. So Two, come back up, come three, back up. Four, yellow. She is that, in the yellow. The yellow. What would you call that? Canary. I thought I saw a pussy cat. I did. Canary yellow. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> it reminded me of Tweety Bird. The fabric <laughs> is stretching for, for dear life. <laughs> it's. I thought I had been painted on there myself, but you know, wow! I, I had to do a close up just for the you know for the analysis of the show. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it says here, listen to this, listen to her quote. Remember, okay. uh, you are always the bigger one if your circumstances permit and you let things occur naturally. Mm. Man, I have no idea what the hell that meant, but I was thinking about that yellow canary suit that she has on, and it just it made sense. <laughs> <laughs> Is wow. Adam? What do you think? It's it is it's unbelievable. I mean, how do you sculpt yourself that finely? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, she must she must have workout uh, videos in here you think or something. So? She must have something in workout attire where she's at the gym. Look at the. There's another yellow one about five uh, posts like, yeah, down, like nine. Yeah, where she, there you go. Look yeah, at those thighs on her. Do you see the thighs? See. It's a front shot, which is rare, where you're looking at her face, her abs, and she's got like a full shot of her legs. And look at those thighs on her. Yeah. And she has another deep thought that says, use your selective memory to always remember the good. Mm. Okay. Selective memory. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there's a good part of selective memory. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that until the IG model, the third birthday. You could look at two more posts down, and she has <laughs> she has another shot with the that Ooh, yellow outfit. We love oh, that canary yellow. And right below that one, she's at she's at the gym. Oh, she finally. has her workout attire there with the leopard print pants, mm, yeah, like a snow leopard. Oh yeah. yes, oh my. I always man. go back to the snow leopard. I maybe I saw too many of the zoo. Now when I go to the zoo, I'm going to remember of Ms. Rosio Morales here. Mm-hmm. Keep going down. Keep going down. You're right. There's a lot of. There's a lot of outfits here that are clinging on for dear life. Man. Yep, I see that. I see that. Let's see. Let's see. If we... <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Please don't point those out to me. That Those are distracting, Adam. These are, I mean, oh. it is hard to comment on something that is so well sculpted, yeah, yeah. What can that you, is so well defined. What can you, what can you possibly say? <laughs> <laughs> but is, so, you know, is she an influencer? Does she does she direct us to buy any products? It doesn't seem that she's she doesn't seem like the 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 third IG model we had last week that we you know we saw. Well, no, I take that back. I take that back. There is one here that she has some kind of cream. Does she? <laughs> <laughs> and she, she probably has a lot of cream. <laughs> 
It's a hand cream. It's in her, oh. it's in her hand. Oh, is it? Okay. <laughs> There's one that's just riding a horse. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a black horse, too. I didn't see yeah. <laughs> Man. Oh. Agent X3 really went this above and beyond and found this. I, this is Where does she hail no from? One, no where, wonder, where no, she, no wonder he was gone for three weeks. Where is she from? What, it where, doesn't say. What is her ethnicity, as I think say? she just claims being a Latino. Now, here's really why Agent X3 uh, brought this to my attention. Now, if these, these uh, how, many, how many posts do we have here? 1,500. If these 50, <laughs> if these 1,500 aren't breathtaking enough, Adam, uh-huh. I want you to go back to the top. Okay. And oh, I want you all to All the way to the top? All the way Holy to the top. Crap. Forget the avatar. Don't look at that. That's, all right. That's distracting. Very, yeah. Go down to where it says, do you see where it says manager? Manager. Right. That's in English. Kronos uh, Group Company. And then it goes, okay, now you're going to see where it's, right below that there's a place, there's one that says Quenta 2. You y- see that? Yes, I do. Click on that. All right. It's her second account. She is so massive. What? She has she, two accounts? She has two accounts on Instagram. What? And in this one, she has- And it's the same pictures. <laughs> no, they are. But no, no. They're, they're the not. same pictures. No, they're not. No, they're not. Well, you're right. The first few are. She's just doubling up. She's posting to two separate accounts. This is how this is how you market yourself. Do you think of her on this second account? She has three hundred and forty-one thousand followers on the second account. Right. Do you think that those are also followers of her on the other account, or she's found three hundred and forty-one thousand new people to look at her on this account? I don't know, but let me see how many. Let me see. Hold up, Lana. You said that. I mean, we're gonna have to goddamn. It, it seems like three on this. One. You could have one account for people who are fans of the backside. You could have another account for people who are fans of maybe <laughs> workout or front side work or you know maybe products or something like that. Yeah, you could diversify. Next but, but I guess if you have a good shot, you might as well get it out there to as many people as possible. You know, there is some hope that we might be going down to uh, Brazil as guest speakers for IG Third Birthday's uh, marketing conference. Oh, that's where we need to go. That should be centered in Brazil. You're right. <laughs> Keep that in mind. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Don't See, see. I'm telling you, this is the reason why we were sent this, this account. So we're already coming up with ideas. I mean, we would be great mark for uh, these models. I don't know. <laughs> She's athletic. Stop. She enjoys. You were talking about soccer earlier. She's a soccer player. She's got the socks that go all the way up to the I knees. I didn't see that in the first account. I don't know. I didn't see yeah, that maybe this account. is maybe this is a special one just for this account. Ooh. Well, on this one, unfortunately, hmm. there is no nightlife photos unless hmm. she is going out in uh, in full bikinis yeah. at night. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, it's mostly just kind of either athletic attire or bikini. Yeah, you're right. Oh, Adam. Wow. And that, my friend, wow, was this week's third birthday. Staggering. Let's just stay here. <laughs> I got distracted on that last pitch. Wow, no kidding. <laughs> that was a standout. You know, there's there's so few of the names that I remember. I remember Genesis Lopez. I'm a follower of Genesis Lopez, and now I'm a follower of this one. Well, keep that in mind for a future segment that we have in the next couple of minutes. <laughs> in the next couple of minutes? Okay. <laughs> it's our hashtag. What the troll is? Excellent, excellent. 
Oh, man. Tommy, we have been talking so much since our last concert about sickness and illness and disease and spread and all these things. Terrible things. Oh, I know. And I even know that we have like uh, people that listen to this show who are recovering. We have people who have, are general who's recovering from an injury. Other people who might be sick. Yes. And uh, our thoughts are with them. And so I'm going to talk about something microscopic okay. here today, right now. Toxoplasma gondii. Okay, let me take a It is. Okay, you want to. Toxic? You want to get on the microphone and tell me what you're thinking of? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Director. <laughs> I had to open that window, dude. Oh. It's nice outside this morning. It really is. Well, it's going to be a nice day. That's why you're going to be outside. Oh, man. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Oh. <laughs> Uh, but listening to Master Go ahead and say it again. Master what? It's Toxoplasma gondi. So toxic, right? One, bad for you. Sure. Plasma is what the uh, immune system or the blood produces. Sure. Okay. So toxic blood. What's the last one? Gandhi. 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 G-O-N-D-I-I. -I. I, oh, I, 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 I thought it was the, uh, yeah, okay. All right, no. <laughs> okay. It I is, have no idea. It is a parasite. Oh, wow. That causes... The infectious disease toxoplasmosis, oh, okay. which is a problem. Uh, it is found worldwide and is capable of infecting virtually all warm-blooded animals. Wow. So uh, it's very popular. It's around in many places. France is actually where it's most popular. It could be up to 60% uh, of the population that have actually in had Europe? it. In Europe? Yes. Well, that's, that's where France is. Isn't, yes. isn't that the one I was going to say? Isn't that where the Black Plague came out of? Or sure. France? It is. Okay. Um, for those with weakened immune systems, All right. death from infection is certainly a possibility. But normally, you're able to live with this and just have some diminished effects. Whatever. Okay. Uh, evolutionary adaptation has developed a special relationship for Toxoplasma gondi with felines. With the cat? With the cat. Okay. Uh, it is within the small intestines of cats. Okay. Is the only known location where the parasite may undergo sexual reproduction. Oh. Their own personal cat house, oh, if it were. The, the cat bang motel. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. In another evolutionary manipulation, the main prey of cats also, as being a warm-blooded animal, may become infected with it. And the Toxoplasma gondii has been shown to alter the behavior of mice and rats. Oh. The rodents have a reduced aversion to cat urine, and they'll remain in nearby areas where they normally wouldn't because cats would be nearby. They'd smell the cat urine. They'd flee. They'd say, oh, danger in this area. Right. But now, once they get infected with this, they say, eh, cat urine, devil may care. I'm, I'm living here. I'm fine. So they stay in these areas where they're still vulnerable to attack from their feline predators. <laughs> Mutual of Omaha. A wild kingdom has nothing on you, Adam. <laughs> and the mice show a more aggressive social behavior. So where they would be fearful of objects and things and uh, they would flee and they'd try to hide, they're actually a little bit more outgoing. Again, making them more susceptible to being snatched up by a cat because that mouse with that infection needs to get inside the cat where what happens inside the cat? Shika-bang-bang. Shaka-bang-bang is exactly <laughs> what happens. <laughs> so as soon as, as ev evolutionarily uh, altered as these animals and these things are because of this infection, mouse makes itself available to the cat, 
the cat sucks it up inside of itself, does its job, clears the area of cats, and then inside of the cat, the lovemaking <laughs> of the Toxoplasma gondii takes place and perpetuates its own little species. <laughs> Thank you, George Michael. <laughs> I know some people with cats, I'm going to recommend that. I'm going to recommend they play that song. <laughs> Get your cat checked out for some Toxoplasma Gandhi. <laughs> if you have some cats listening to this, uh, just cover their ears. Do you know there was such a thing, Tom? I have no freaking idea. Oh That's why it's the What the Free Hole. It's wild. <laughs> oh, my favorite section. No, is it? Sit back and relax. I, think I like it because of the gong. It's the Tommy and Adam hard to name <laughs> podcast. That is the best part. Sound of the week. Tommy, this uh, this episode has been kind of well, not the whole episode, but in this later portion, it's been kind of Metallica centric. Yes. And so is the same for the sound of the oh, week. We have a couple of different. The, what were the chances? We have a couple of different offerings. I, wait a minute. I know one. I know one. I know one. You know one? Is it the Stephen Colbert deal? Um. It could be available, but we don't have that. Okay, okay. But uh, I was trying to beat you in your own game. Yeah, the square Stephen Colbert introducing Metallica. Yeah, (laughs) thanks Metallica for thirty-five years of Master of Puppets. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, actually, Metallica's influence goes through many different layers, all sorts of different genres. In fact, okay. Oh wow, bluegrass. We're we're going to have. A bluegrass version from a band called Iron Horse playing their version of Master of Puppets. In the passion play, crumbling away, I'm your self self-destruction. Paint the pump with fear. I will declare this your worst sound of the week. Do you love this? I hate it. (laughs) That's okay, Tommy. We have another we have another item. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Thank you. Actually, oh, you just brought me down. <laughs> actually, there is two different albums um, on the Picking On series called like Fade to Metallica or something like that. Okay. Anyway, they do like Metallica numbers, all bluegrass versions. Okay. Fun stuff, right? No. Go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Uh, now, I kind of enjoy where they take a particular band song and then they say, what if it was actually recorded by this different band? Okay. And this is a different version of Inter Sandman. If it were recorded by a different band. Now I'm going to play it. And you can give me a suggestion when you think we've hit. You discovered the source. This is actually from Finnish YouTuber Borgi Unchained, featuring Robin Roy on vocals. Iron Maiden? Iron, if Iron Maiden were to have written and recorded Inter Sandman, this is the version. Let's, let's get to the vocals in here so we can hear Bruce Dickinson. It's not the Brazilian guy? I get it, I get it, I get it. No. You don't like that? Uh, I don't like that either. I like it better than the bluegrass one, though. You know, you could have started with that one, by the way. Yeah, I, I like this stuff. That's kind of fun. 
They do such a good job with it. They did. They did a great job. But that's one guy playing all the instruments and another wow. guy singing. Incredible. Anyway, that was our uh, Metallica tribute <laughs> sound of the week. You could have just went with the Iron Maiden. <laughs> no, the, you, the bluegrass turned me off uh, completely. It's, the it's their influences goes podcast. everywhere. I was like, sound what the hell? Of the week. <laughs> are, this, are, they, are these the Eagles? <laughs> Try to be bluegrass? What the hell? <laughs> Still good though. It was a good sound of the week out of it. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh yeah. You know what the hell? You gotta dig to find that stuff sometimes. Oh yeah. You dig really hard on this that. This is the Tommy Adam Hard and In Podcast. Mora Hokaria of the week. And with that, Adam, it's my turn. It's your motherfucker. I am. I'm back. Okay. What I'm, do you got? I'm back. Adam, mm-hmm. you know I'm a study. I am a... Uh, You're a study? A seeker of knowledge. That's a song of, by the who? Of religion. Of religion. Oh, like, no. We're getting I, religious? I like reading stuff about religion. Are you a leper messiah? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> okay. As long as that gets me out of hell, you know, I'm going, hey, Oh, okay. Uh, let's get that right. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. We've mentioned the uh, Pastafarians, you know, the church. The of people the, with the, sp- of the spaghetti fa- colanders on their heads. Right. We've, uh, we've mentioned uh, all the other standard religions here, right? Mm-hmm. We've also mentioned a little bit of Santeria, a little bit of voodoo as well. Okay, sure. And this week, Adam, okay. I was reading oh boy. about another. A new religion? Rumpologists. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> we have some of those on staff, don't we? <laughs> It was our uh, Tommy and Adam Hard to Name podcast, uh, Kooky Professions Department. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that part department had opened up already. <laughs> we just had it opened up this past week. <laughs> I missed the grand opening. <laughs> okay. I think Agent X3 is a wrong Yeah, <laughs> I think he's got, a, he's got a certificate already. Have you heard about this religion? <laughs> no, I have not. I'm first, Actually, it's more of a belief than a religion. I'm first learning about it right now. Oh, so, you know, what do rumpologists practice? Rumpology. <laughs> <laughs> now you know why it's a motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm the uh, adoration and love for rump. I love this. <laughs> Rumpology. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a pseudoscience, a belief or practice mistakenly regarded as being based on scientific methods. Okay. <laughs> Akin to a method to judge character looking at a person, you know, that's that would be one. like a. So you're able to judge a person's character by the yes. shape and size of their rump. No, in this case, oh. in this case, oh, in this case, in this case, it would be looking at their badoink a doink doink. Um, I mean, sometimes you'd probably have to actually need the rump to actually feel the. Uh... We haven't got there yet. Oh, okay, we, sorry. Haven't, we haven't got there. There's Doctor Adam. <laughs> I'm just trying to see how this. Are you a apologist by the chance? Are you acting crazy? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh-huh. uh, these uh, practices are uh, performed by examining crevices. <laughs> Dimples, warts, moles, folds in the person's buttocks, oh. and in much more ways that uh, you can be. So yeah. So the backside has to be bared to be analyzed. That's what it says here, you know. And it probably has to be in a, like a prone position, also in a standing position, yes. because the gravity would affect it in two different <laughs> yes. ways. Yes. Okay, I understand. No, it depends. The gravity, like let's say if we were to take an example as a Miss Rosia Morales, the gravity doesn't affect. The gravity her. is not a factor. There's there. not a factor one bit. Anti gravity ass. <laughs> rump, 
rubbing, oh, sorry, oh, rubbing sorry. this case. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We have to keep it professional for this section. This is the professional yes, part. Yes, this is like the, this is where you give medical advice and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Only clinical terms. <laughs> the term rumpology is a coin termed by the late Jackie Stallone, Sly's mom. Sly's mom. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. I know her. Did you know she was also the one who invented rumpology? I know she was like a into like astrology. She was into like reading the stars and things like that as okay. well. Okay, she claimed that rumpology is known to have been practiced in ancient times by the Babylonians, the Indians, and ancient Greeks. Now, if you think about it, include the Romans as well. If you think about it, those are all cultures where the the rump was out and exposed a lot of the time. It was, at least in their artwork and whatnot. Sure. Even though she claimed that she never presented any kind of scientific evidence to claim that fact. However, did she perform a study at least? Did she do something? Well, we do have some some literature here on this. So, you know, you know, some people, it's people thought this lady turned kooky or something. There's people who believe in aliens. Why can't you believe that the Babylonians and the Indians and all these people practice rumpology? You know what I'm saying? That's right. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things, you know. Even though there's pictures of her that she looks like the the uh, the female gremlin, you know, in her later years. Oh wow, <laughs> she didn't age well, there, I guess. There's some people who are mean out there. The internet, the, inter- the internet is a mean place. <laughs> anyway, yeah, they put the picture of her next to this gremlin. Said, oh my god, <laughs> that's crazy. Okay. Uh, anyway, people who practice rumpology, Adam. Okay. Are known as what do you think they're known as? Rumpologists. Mm-mm, no, there's another name for them. Mm. Like fans the, of the fans of rumptum. You know, like the senseis and stuff like that. So these are masters of the butt, is what the rumpologists are. Masters of the butt. Masters of the butt. Yeah, just like masters of puppets, but of the butt. <laughs> okay. okay. You see how the show's thematic. Coming, you see this how the show. show's coming together. <laughs> Obey oh. your master. Now this is what you. This is what you need. Now these are the basics of rumpology. So uh, we may have to apply some of these basics in future shows as we uh, visit the third birthday. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. We may have to keep these rules handy if we don't learn them tonight. Anyway, will we just so will we put know, them in stone tablets? Yeah, just so you, Adam, and our li- and our listeners. <laughs> yes, we'll put them on stone tablets as long as they're not hot and they don't sit on them. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> ouch, ouch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are four basic shapes to the booty, okay? Okay. Which, uh, okay, okay. Can, I, can I suggest some? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Go there's ahead. the pear shape. Okay, there's one. Where the... Uh, are you tor- sure you haven't read about this? I haven't read about it. There's okay. the apple shape. Okay. Which is kind of the inverted pear. Okay. Right, where the, uh, mm-hmm. m- the mass is according towards the top okay. and it kind of comes to a narrow point at the bottom. Oh, okay. Well, you're in the um, zone. You're in the zone, yeah. Um, see, we got the apple and the pear. Oh, there's four, you say? Four shapes? There's four, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to say the uh, Winnebago. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm out after the apple and pear. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. And Winnebago isn't a fruit, by the way. <laughs> no, it's not a fruit. <laughs> or a, so anyway, well, it could be the square shape. Yeah. yeah. So okay. number one is a square shape. Number two oh, is, square. The, is the V-shaped. Okay. Uh, That's what I would describe as the apple. Yeah. Right number there. three is the heart-shaped, which is the pear. Okay. And then the last one is the round shape, which is always the uh, the one that's uh, used with either the uh, orange or the lemon. Which is Rocio's. Yeah. <laughs> right. Rocio would be an orange, yes. <laughs> right. Anyway, an apple is charismatic. They're influencing. They're dynamic. So they're creative. They enjoy life. Uh, that would be the apple. 
I don't know. This is you say you say so, huh? I'm just saying yeah, the lemon is a steadfast character, patient and which wise. one's the lemon? There was one that says lemon here. <laughs> I, don't, I says I'm just reading all this stuff that's here. I really don't know. Okay. Orange Duran is happy as optimistic, successful, and adventurous Rocio. I bet is that. definitely on that one. Okay. This and is... the pair, unfortunately, Adam, the pair is useless. <laughs> what? <laughs> Negative, sad, and aggressive. It's a useless rump? I don't know what the person, not the person, the rump, I'm sure it could be used is for something, for sitting, you know. Sure, I understand. You know, putting on nice jeans, you know. Uh-huh. But the person itself <laughs> holding the rump is useless? <laughs> oh, wow. That's what it says here. That's cruel. We're just going through some of the basics of rumpology. I can't tell. We got to go back and talk to our, our kooky professions department. I don't know. <sighs> okay. Anyway, so it says here, okay, now this is where it becomes spiritual slash uh, synergetic. Okay. Uh, uh, at all at the same time, so it's all combined. Okay. So the butt is divided in three parts. Adam. <laughs> I love booty. Well, yeah, it's like a. I've seen the two parts, and like then a, in like between, a, there's another part. That's, <laughs> yes. So it's like a trinity. <laughs> the, a holy trinity, because there's a there's a holy in there it's too. Holistic too. <laughs> Right. <laughs> okay. So the butt is divided into three parts, right? Let's, sure it is. Let's stay focused. Yeah, it is. Left cheek, okay, right, is the past. That's where you're going to get all the energy that emanates. Is, emanates. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm in the zone. Okay. Emana, emana. Uh-huh. Energy comes out of the left yes, cheek. Yes, it emanates energy. So yes. Okay. And that's about the past. So bad stuff has happened to your good stuff is going to come out the left side. The right cheek. Okay. Or the the right ball. Glutes. Gl- glutes. The glutes. The glutes. Glutes. I'm going to be scientific. Gluteus maximus. Yes, that's right there. I think maximus is the two of them combined. There's a lot of maximus. Oh, okay. Rocio oh. had a lot of max action oh, going. Yeah, so he, plenty. Extra and he, max. And all the matter of fact, all the third birthdays have a lot of that. Mm. Uh, J-Lo, forget it. It's incredible. <laughs> so anyway, and that's the future. So the center, Adam. And this is where we're going to get... So, okay. This is now, where we're getting medical. Go ahead, go ahead and ask. Go ahead and Now, um, so there's one side that deals with the past. Right, deals and, with it, right. And yeah. another side deals with the future. Yes, sir. Yeah. So is there any advice to be handled when spanking? Surprise. Huh? Wow. Wow. If there's a spank that is deserved, should you go to the past or the future? That's a good question. Or do you straddle? I don't know what to tell you. Let me see. On what I've learned thus far, yes, I would say spankings. Maybe it would influence the future. So if you went to the right, the future would be influenced by it was positive motivation for future success. Well, spankings aren't always a bad thing. You can't really change. You can't really change. Little technical difficulty. Oh, hey. We're back. (laughs) You can't really change uh, the past, right? So so all of the spanking that would happen on the left would really be for naught. You could only influence the future. So that would suggest that most of the discipline be handed out on the right cheek. Your logic is going to (laughs) say... We'll have to maybe consult that in the center because that's the present. Oh. The crack in the anus. <laughs> oh, I'm just telling you right there, this is this is technical medical that's, terms. That's the here and now is in the center? Yeah, I guess what it says right there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
Rumpology. This is crazy. Well, anyway, this is all bullshit since uh, we're not asking our listeners to send us any money because Rumpolo, the butt god, didn't, you know, just go ahead and... <laughs> the butt and, god? Yeah, just <laughs> didn't illuminate us. Because, you know, you can make up a lot of bullshit on this stuff. <laughs> I'm just telling you. <laughs> Rumpolompo, excuse me. Rumpolompo, the, bo- the butt god. <laughs> yeah, the butt god. You know, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe you can get some kind of illumination out of him, and maybe we'll figure this out. I don't know. <laughs> I think studies still need to be conducted maybe, on this. It maybe, sounds like it has. Maybe you can set up a, a rump reading residency or something. <laughs> I don't know what that wow. <laughs> that was just a quick glass atom of you know what. Rumpology could do for us. I feel like I've learned a you lot. Know, though, you really. know I mean, I mean, I, honestly, I don't know about you, but I, with this little bit that I uh, that I just read right here, I, I would be tempted to uh, do some readings myself. Yeah, so there's I some mean, research that so still I, needs to be conducted so, on this. So I we'll be back. <laughs> I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> Rumpology. That definitely was a motherfucker idiot for sure. You know what time it is, my friend. Oh, yeah. It's time to wrap it up. Good times, <laughs> bad times. I had a stronger, uh, I had a strong, strong outro to that, but I know I couldn't get through it. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back for some more. I mean, it's the kooky department, the kooky uh, professions oh. department. I'm sure they'll find some more. Will we revisit that next week in our, in our next motherfucker? I, I, I don't. I hope not. <laughs> I probably revisit it when we do the, the third model, <laughs> their birthday. I don't. What do we got, man? Good times, bad times. Man. Bad, you got? Times, you got bad, bad times. times. Do I? Okay. I, I, I have best and bad times. Shoot, man. Um, well, there was a person okay. that sold a bowl in a yard sale. Okay. For 35 bucks. That's a pretty expensive bowl to get at a yard sale. I would say so, yeah. But they took that bowl to that Antiques Roadshow place. Oh, yeah, like the one they do on public sure. television? Yeah. Yeah. And the experts there said, hey, what you got in your hands right there is a 15th century Chinese artifact worth up to $500,000. Holy God, half a mil, huh? So that person that sold that thing at uh, the yard sale for 35 bucks? Bad frickin' times. <laughs> you just gave away uh, half of a million dollars. You, you just depressed me. <laughs> Is that no it? No kidding. Is that uh, it? It was uh, dated to uh, the Yongle era in the Ming Dynasty. Oh, uh, reigned from uh, 1403 to 1424. Uh, it was immediately uh, recognizable and identifiable as craft from that age. Oh, wow. And uh, it was in, still in this, at this time, it was still in overall very good condition, just one shallow chip and some minor warping on the rim, which is consistent with age and type. So some other inspections like you'd have with rumpology. But yes, <laughs> that was bad times for the person that got 35 bucks for their pieces. Uh, it sucks for that. Pottery. Between, between COVID and this. <laughs> no kidding. Good times, Adam. Oh, good. Good times, at least for me. Oh, that's just nice. Uh, for Rolling Stone, Adam. Oh, you get all your good news from Rolling Stone. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. No, you don't. <laughs> March the 4th of this week, man, 2021, oh. okay? All right, that's just a couple days ago. Stephen Colbert. Colbert. To, to host 
cinema only. Lords of the Ring reunion, buddy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they bring back all the acting staff, everybody. A round table. <laughs> Majority of the cast will reassemble over three free screenings as part of the Alamo Draft House Support Local Cinemas series, baby. Okay, how's this going to work? So what they're going to do is they're going to go get all this. Uh, they're going to do it kind of like a, like a big Zoom, but everybody's going to be in the theater. Okay. And you're going to be sitting watching it while it's going, just to get everybody fired up to go back to the movies and whatnot. So anyway, Stephen Colbert will host a trio of cinema-only Lords of the Ring cast reunions as part of this, you know, this uh, company, Alamo Draft House. Uh, following the year ravaged by COVID-19. So they're going to talk before they watch the movie. Right, Is so that how yeah, they're going to so work? Says, yeah, Colbert, an enormous token fan, you know that already, I would hope, uh, uh, who recites entire passages of these novels, okay, will first sit down with Elijah Wood, Sean Austin, Billy Boyd, and Dominique Monaghan to discuss the... Th- the the uh, dwarves. The, 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 no, no. The, the hobbits. The hobbits, yes, that's the what hobbits, they are. right, yep, yes. Yep, yep. The main characters, by the way, of this... Uh, Okay. Of this epic. This was the Fellowship of this the Ring. This is the Fellowship. Yes. They'll discuss the first movie. And that's going to happen, Adam, on March the 25th. Now, this is going to be... And that's going to be in participating local cinemas. It's going to be not, like synchronized throughout the land yes, at your local exactly. uh, movie house. Kind of like that Metallica concert at sure. the... Uh, something like that, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. The second one will have uh, Kate Blanchett, Orlando Bloom, Viggo Mortensen, and Liv Tyler to chat about the two towers, man. Some elves... And a dude, yeah, right? Well, what was Vigo? Was he just a dude? He was a man. He was just a man? He was a man. Oh, okay. From Gondor. But he was the king. He was Ultimately the king. the king. He was the king of Gondor, yes. Okay. Anyway, and the last will we'll, uh, unite uh, Peter Jackson, Ian McClellan, and Andy Serkis. Who, oh, and the, they the, will be the Gollum guy. Yeah, the, the director. Uh-huh. And, uh, and uh, Gandalf and, uh, yes, Andy Serkis is the Gollum, yes. Did they actually... In the movie, did they actually capture him doing the movement? Yes. Did he wear a suit or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This guy's brutal. I'm telling you, he's a great actor. So yeah. So that's Yeah, the... I loved him in thirteen going on thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna disregard that. Cause that Adam was the good times. <laughs> good times, bad times. <laughs> you just ruined my mood. <laughs> He was, uh, I was all happy about it. Man. He was uh, Jennifer Garner's boss in 13 Going on 30. He was, actually. Yes. Yeah. He, he did a good job. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tommy, do you have anything else for us? I don't have Jack, Mr. Adam. Besides a, a report on oh. a rumpology oh, coming up next week? I don't know if I will to let me go ahead and practice that, <laughs> but I, would, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> well, as always, we want to thank our legion of listeners, our fans, and whoever else subjects themselves to this podcast. We really appreciate it. Keep in mind, life is not that serious. It is not. Again, search for the keywords, the Tommy Natum Hard to Name Podcast. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcast app, CastBox, and everywhere else. This podcast is on demand and streaming. Activate the notification icon to be notified when we are online and tell a friend or an enemy... I'm Adam Tate. And I am Tommy Martinez. And you are listening to the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name Podcast. Remember to always play it often, play it loud, but play it. We'll leave you with Slash, Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, with their rendition of Slither.
The Tommy and Adam Hard to Name podcast is produced by Dadakoa Promotions. Yeah. Wichita, Kansas. Dadakoa Promotion. March the 6th, 2021. I called the order. I'm superior court. I'm some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>